Hey, Emmy, can you say this is dinner for dessert? This is dinner for dessert. Close enough. Hey, Eric. Hey, Pop. What's the best movie that you've seen in the last six months? Hmm. Probably Matilda on Netflix. Oh, nice, nice. How about second best movie? Extraction 2. Extraction 2. Yeah, you know, that movie was amazing. Fantastic. Not as much action as Matilda, but it was up there. What if I had the superpower that I could just snap my fingers and make anybody on the planet show up right now and be on this podcast who would you want it to be Ooh, i mean i guess if i had a pick it'd be sam hargrave you mean the sam hargrave director of extraction 2 and yeah extraction but one. there's you don't have that power oh yeah you want to see watch this actually listen to this <laughs> eric why don't you look to your left holy ish Oh, hey, guys. What's going on? Oh, my God. Do you know who that is? I do. That is the Sam Hargrave. It is. You know how I know it's him? How? The beard. It's a great beard. I love it. I'm so (laughs) jealous. Hey, it's a beard made for radio, I'll tell you. (laughs) Podcasts. It's where it does its best work. Dude, Sam, when I told Eric and Jones that I was going to get you on the show, the first thing Eric got excited about was your beard. He's like, oh, my God, he's got the best beard. I had a huge beard forever. I got a job about two years ago, and they think they're the New York Yankees and made me shave. Now I can keep as the mustache, so I'm jealous, and I love that you still rock it. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's a little bit uh, less than it was <laughs> when we were shooting Extraction, but you know what? I, I appreciate it. From one beard brother to another, uh, oh, rock that stash, you. my friend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the stash is like, it's just like a, a, it's like a memento it to, your, to the beard that was. Tiny token. It's a little token, but your beard in Extraction 2 was fantastic for those who don't know not only is sam hargrave the director of this masterpiece of a movie sam also is the best character in the whole thing to me he plays the grave digger sure does and while you have no lines wait what that was you <laughs> that was me oh i just realized that how That's did incredible. you <laughs> damn it jones <laughs> Don't you do any research? <laughs> I watched it. It was really good. <laughs> then I did. I did what I was trying to do, which was disguise myself. You see, if you watch the first movie, He's the character the, yeah, I yeah. played got, you know, offed. That's right. So I didn't want people to be confused if I came back in the second one. They might be like, hey, I thought he was dead. <laughs> so I tried. I wore a wig. I put gray in my beard and it worked. And it worked because Jones had no clue. <laughs> you fooled Jonesy. You fooled him. Were you as surprised as I was when all that stuff happened? With the, the pitchfork and the yeah. neck, I was I was shocked. It would be weird if he was surprised. He's the director. Yeah, why, am <laughs> I like, asking, why am I asking? Like here, like in the like a character in the movie. That's amazing. He, he was supposed to just shove him and tell him he's a jerk. But he, guys, what are you doing? Stop! Oh, it's brilliant. Keep rolling cameras. This is amazing. You know, sometimes they improv, and he just murdered the guy on set. Good thing it was his last day. <laughs> oh man, dude, my favorite thing about this movie i watched it twice the first time i watched it my favorite part was the fact that you had this insanely long 21 minute one shot scene that's just mind-blowing action like some of the best action i've ever seen but actually the second time you want to know what my favorite part of the movie is tell me the training montage oh yes sir when tyler rake who's played by uh chris helmsworth 
um, is recovering from the, the super terrible injuries <laughs> from the first extraction. <laughs> he is like living in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and he has to like get himself back into shape to go do this, this, this first mission. Off, there's no better place for a montage than a cabin in the middle of nowhere. No, we've established that already. That's like the spot. I was expecting him to climb to the top of a mountain and scream Drago at the top of his lungs. Uh, if we had a mountain within distance, <laughs> he would have. I was that part was so amazing. I think what I love so much about the movie is that it has all of the um, awesomeness from like an old like eighties like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone type movie, but modernized with so much better acting a better storyline much more of an emotional connection to the character so it takes all the good from that genre from like the late 80s early 90s but amplifies it in 2023 and it's so fresh and so amazing that's one of the best compliments i think you could ever have because i grew up on those movies you know the the rockies the rambos the commando and you can kind of see where not just the montage, but even the character, like the guy that goes off into the woods to recover and change. And I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) And then somebody comes and says, we need you to do one more job. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. Yep. (laughs) So you have this very classic action hero character. And so to, to have that kind of feedback is a dream come true. Thank you. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the only thing it would need if it was in the late 80s is when they came for that last one last mission, it'd be in a helicopter. It's always in a helicopter. <laughs> always in a helicopter. Like, doesn't the military, like, have budget that they have to worry about? Like, that's a lot of fuel. Can't you just drive there or maybe shoot them a text? Like, you could have just texted me, man. You didn't have to bring the freaking chopper. Text is way less dramatic. Yeah, that's true. It's terrible on film, but yeah. great for the budget. Um, so, Okay. That montage, just real quick to plug for, for my dad, the activities that Tyler Rake was doing during that, building a rock wall for no apparent reason, <laughs> chopping wood in the, in the forest, doing pull-ups. pull-ups There's the always a reason. Let's not... It's true. It's it's like, it's a, that was like an aesthetic reason. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to keep uh, people from wandering off when they're drunk and falling into the lake. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was a practical reason as well. But, <laughs> the, but I the cabin up, wasn't up to code. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a permit for that for that wall. So I grew up doing those kinds of exercises. Like our dad would, you know, we'd go collect rocks in the field and we'd build all these rock walls around the property. It's always chopping wood. It was always like, you know, give you strong hands, your broad shoulders. Yeah. And so, you know, that was just burned into my mind. And so when it came time for a montage because everybody needs a montage every everyone and everything needs one even rocky had a montage (laughs) (laughs) so i tried to incorporate a lot of those things and still you know put a little bit of modern stuff i didn't want it to feel like an excerpt from a center fit ad that for chris hemsworth's app so it wanted to feel very earthy and and personal to me and that was where the rock wall building and the wood chopping you nailed it well thank you you really nailed it i love how you how you took Chris Helmsworth, who is like a, an Adonis. He's a super handsome dude. Looks like a model. Not only you, an Adonis. A dude seems like the sweetest, most like funniest dude to be around. He is 100%. Like, <laughs> I would work with that guy any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah. He, he's just a dream to work with and just a, a great human being. He seems like, like I, you could tell, like sometimes you could tell when people are, you know, you, we obviously don't know all these people. Obviously, you know them. Um, he comes off as like that is who he That's is. That's what I'm saying. Like, and you through. feel it. Yeah. But the way, what I loved about what you did with him in the, in the movie is you made him feel a little bit more relatable. Like when he is hurt, he f- looks hurt. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he got his ass like handed to him at the end of the first extraction and he took a long time to recover. Like that, 
they don't show that a lot in movies. They're almost, they make these characters invincible. They, the fact that you feel like he really has things at stake, his life is actually at stake and his, and his health is at stake, makes you so much more connected to all the things that are happening. And I think you guys nailed that. Thanks. That was important because the, for, for me, the stakes are, are super important and relatability and the fact that my goal as a filmmaker is to try to access the truth of that moment in time, whatever that story is. And so for the character that we've created, the truth is if you get shot up that many times in this world, you know, there's different worlds that you can create where getting shot and falling off a bridge does nothing to you. You come yeah. back and, and keep kicking ass. But in this world that we created, the character we created, we have to remain truthful to that. And so it was very important to show the damage, the effects of the damage. And that it also helps your hero rise to greater heights. The lower totally. you can you know, beat them down, then they have the struggle is, is that much greater. And then the triumph is even more glorious. Yeah. And you nailed it. And you felt that. You f and you feel the way the movie starts on that kind of slow note, right? If you think about the pacing of the movie, it starts with that, you know, he's at rock bottom and he's slowly working his way back up. The montage kind of kicks off, you know, chapter two kind of thing, right? And then, then you go right into a 21 minute scene of just pure like carnage, which is amazing. And then at, right at the point where, where you feel like you need a break, you get a break. And this is really emotional uh, scene between Tyler Rake and the boy that he rescued and they're talking out uh, you know, in that building with its beautiful, um, very peaceful vibe, right? Where it just gives you that breath that you need as a, as a, as a viewer. And I think, I think it was timed perfectly Great. and then sets you up perfectly for then yes, for the, the, calm. the yeah. craziness, the, the calm. calm before the storm. Yeah. Man. I got to tell you, like at the end of that sequence, I actually paused the movie and I'm like, Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to watch the rest. Yeah. Of like I need a break. I need an <laughs> emotional break. And I did, I did say a couple of times, I'm like, how on earth is this happening? Like, this is incredible. How many times did you watch that when you were done with it? Like, just that sequence. Uh, well, I've just part of the job of editing to look through it hundreds of times because yeah, yeah. you're looking I'm looking at it very differently than audiences oh, I'm sure through m many different phases so I'm looking for imperfections I'm looking for you know things that we have missed you know maybe with visual effects ways that we can improve it with sound design here like maybe there's a stone that kicks up and hits a car windshield I want to fuel that um, those kinds of details that I'm, I'm looking for but then ultimately my job is to be able to sit back relax and watch it as a fan and make sure that I'm feeling what I want you to feel. And by the end, but when we had all the pl you know, players in place and all the things, all the strings tuned and all the mu uh, music just humming, I could sit back and feel those moments you're talking about where at the end, I need a break. And that's where pacing is very important in a movie like this. Because if you, if you push too hard, you can lose people to action fatigue. And, you know, 21 minutes... That's that's right. I think that's right on the other side of too far, <laughs> but it, because of the pacing at the beginning, because we we bring you along slowly, we introduce these characters and you know who they are, what they're fighting for, what the stakes are. You can then tolerate twenty one minutes of continuous action, and then you need a break. You have to reward the audience. It's like a you know up and down. It's a roller coaster, and you have to have the peaks and valleys. Otherwise, you steamroll the audience. I agree. And I think something that also makes the 21 minutes not feel um, <clears throat> like it gets a little bit tiring is that the scenery changes a lot throughout it. You know, it's not 21 minutes in one spot. It's 21 minutes across very different landscapes. You know, so um, 
there's a reason why it was number one on Netflix, and it's because of the way that the whole thing was structured. It just plays out so incredibly well. So well done. Appreciate well done. it. Thank you very much. It was, a, it was a bunch of bunch of fun. It was a very difficult shoot. And it was a lot of different challenges, but I think that same with the the hero's journey, the struggle makes the end result that much sweeter when you finally get there to the top of that mountain. Absolutely. And I think you set it up so well to be a franchise for the oh, ages. Yeah. Like Tyler Ray can be the new Rambo. You know, he could be the new uh, Commando, right? Like the, all those kind of characters, you know, Commando didn't get to have any sequels. But John McClane maybe? We get like, yeah. Oh yeah, Die yeah, Hard. Die Hard. Better, yeah, Die Hard actually, you know, that's a great call out because and I know you know... <laughs> This is your job, but <laughs> <laughs> that's You're actually b- much better than Commando because Die Hard. I mean, because Die Hard got a sequel. It got lots of yeah, and lots of sequels. And Bruce Willis also captured that relatable, um, you know, uh, hero, almost the uh, reluctant hero, and who had stakes. Like he was, you know, when he's walking on the glass, for example, and it's really cutting him. And now he's got bloody nasty feet for the rest of the movie like the stakes were real the actions had consequences and that's what made it such a such a great franchise i think that's what you've done with extraction thanks i appreciate it i mean to be considered in the same breath as any of those films you mentioned is an honor so thank you so just a quick like you should probably try and throw in a christmas scene in the next one so you can be considered a christmas movie as well (laughs) there you go that'd be well i mean talk about breaking (laughs) records on netflix yes sir and then maybe we should make the rating pg so kids can watch it that's a little pushing it okay we won't go that far the the tyler ray christmas special i'd watch it i'd watch the hell out of it tyler rake on ice yes Yes. he he has to rescue santa from evil elves who who mutiny in the north pole bro i'm so i'm sold i'm so sold count me in Uh, this is this gonna be a hit is this this, gold is this this the part of the show where you recommend ideas for other movies (laughs) oh i have so many ideas me and eric on the drive here i was like eric i got so many movie ideas i'm gonna pitch to sam today if they get any better than this we're gonna make millions yeah they're all gonna be billions they're all gonna be worse it's it's downhill from here and not in the good way all right so the first one is uh we think that you should do an origin story of the best characters from uh uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, uh, the characters Master Blaster. Do you remember them? Yes. And I want to play Master, and I want Eric to be Blaster, and I'll just sit on his shoulders, and we'll fight people in a cage match. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Sam? <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy, yes! That one would sell like gangbusters. Very specific audience. Yes, it'll be but- very niche streaming has, you know, very yeah. niche capabilities. I think Master Blaster, the origin story would be a yeah, winner. We also have one where we're separated at birth. We are twin brothers and we don't reconnect until we're in our early 40s. And we find out that we were part of a science experiment where they were trying to create the perfect human <laughs> and it went awry and Eric got all the great genes and I got all the leftovers. Um, it's Wait, basically... It sounds so familiar. <laughs> I mean, what is it? What is it? It oh, feels like right on the, the tip, tip of my yeah. tongue. <laughs> Yeah, we basically want to reboot Twins, and I want to play the Danny DeVito character, and he's Arnie Schwartz. What do you, you to, want to? Was there going to be an option? I mean, I have to. This I can, is I, obviously, the stars. You have to go to the star corner of the gym now, but I know. you got some working out to do. Um, all right, we got one more idea we want to pitch okay. to you. Okay, so... Do you remember Guado from Total Recall? Do you remember the movie Total Recall? <laughs> I, we want to do an origin story of Guado where I play Guado and I live inside Eric's chest. 
<laughs> he couldn't even finish that on mic. That's the hardest uh, I've ever seen Tom uh, play. Uh, That's fantastic. Well, it's, he earned it. That was, uh, how long did it take you guys to come up with that one? <laughs> This is the car was ride. The car ride here. <laughs> was that a rewatch of Total Recall? No, it just... <laughs> and I you just heard that it. the three-breasted woman's story was already told? <laughs> well, we could do an origin story of the three-breasted woman. Uh, Okay, uh, so all right, here, I know these don't sound like great movie ideas yet, but I feel like they will sound a lot better if, Jones, you can do maybe <laughs> a trailer, like a movie trailer for one of them. Oh, man, which one could I do? Can you do a movie trailer for uh, Master Blaster, The Origin Story? <laughs> no pressure. I know I didn't warn you that I was going to ask you. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm about to say. Let's hear it. <clears throat> in a world in the future but also in the past. Master becomes Blaster in Thunderdome. Have you ever seen the movie? <laughs> Not the <no> best. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about right Even now. better, but the voice was spot on. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Was fantastic. We, we got to get him a script. Yeah, yeah next time, next time he'll nail he it. Does a, he does a worry. killer movie guy voice. You got time. The writers are striking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, now that the writers are striking and the actors are striking, we could be scabs. If you need, you. <laughs> if you need actors or writers, you got three right here. I tell you, the time is now to act. If you ever had ambitions to be a writer or an actor, Let's there's do it. a lot of positions ready to be filled. I'm offering my services for zero money. I, I think <laughs> like you do not have to pay. If you need like evil henchman number 12 yeah. on Extraction 3, Eric plays a mean henchman in real life and on films. I tell you, I mean, that's a good, that, <laughs> yes, yeah. you're, you're, yes, you're hired. Yes. yes. Yeah. Look at that. Leave your details with my secretary. Yeah. I'm your agent, by the way. So I get <laughs> a percent or something. <laughs> Ronan. Ronan, take down his number. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how is that strike going to affect all the stuff that you're doing now? It already has. I mean, I had a show going with Apple. We were, I was supposed to, uh, two weeks from now, head up to Montreal and start prepping. We had the writer's strike, fortunately for us at the time, uh, we had eight scripts that were completed. So it, the writer's strike wasn't affecting those eight scripts. We could move forward. They were pretty well polished. However, can't make a TV show without actors. Yes. So when SAG uh, decided to strike, which I'm fully in support of, by the way, both the WGA strike and the SAG after strike, fully supportive, um, it does have a chain reaction. There is a ripple effect through the whole industry. And we're feeling it, so we had to shut down uh, prep, and we're back now. And uh, they they pulled the plug. I went up for a scout last week, and then they they sent everybody home and said, "We're gonna wait and see what happens." Oh, geez, yeah, no, I I get why they're striking. It makes all the sense in the world. And I think the thing that the average person who sees that on on the news or you know reads articles about it doesn't realize is that those strikes aren't for the blockbuster movie stars. It's not for Chris Helmsworth. It's for all the other people who work their butts off and get paid pennies sometimes correct it's it's the working man's strike and woman working man and woman's strike because you know there's 160,000 sag after members who are just making ends meet by working a day playing as actors and they you know if they don't have residuals which is a, you know, a source of income for actors if they're not getting paid again for their likeness being used or if you know they're a day player and AI is going to record them once or the, you know, the film camera records them once they keep the image and now they've got it you know for eternity and they don't have to pay you anything that livelihood is gone you know something they may have spent 
decades perfecting the craft you know the, maybe they didn't have the looks have the, the hookups or whatever and you know but they're still strong working actors their livelihood is in jeopardy if they can't you know come to some sort of settlement here yeah it makes sense i totally support it and it it sucks you know obviously in a first world problem kind of way that you know we're not going to have lots of good tv and movies yeah, on the to most watch. selfish level imaginable on the mo- yeah. super selfish level but makes total sense and i you know i think it's crazy that if you act in a in a in a movie or a tv show that you don't get residuals unless you're i guess one of the big names right? well no it, it's it's actually more about the streaming services there was a time a number of contract negotiations ago where streaming services were in their infancy and they they termed it at new media like there was a terminology they used and so people didn't really know what that meant and so they didn't know what to do with it and so when people were like oh new media well it's a, it may not go very far we're not going to our residuals for performing on a new media platform are going to be significantly lessened and people didn't really know about it because it was such a an, in its infancy people were focusing on the networks and the cable shows and features and so they kind of just overlooked it in a way not realizing that was going to be the major source of entertainment uh, consumption in the f- near future and so now you're kind of looking back and saying oh crap like that we we have to fight to get those residuals back because that's most people are working for netflix apple and amazon and, and you know peacock and their livelihoods are at stake you know, I don't think anybody could have predicted that those were going to be the big names, right? Like the big names in media are going to be Amazon and yeah, Apple. No way. And, yeah, yeah. You like go back ten years, no way. I mean, I mean, maybe it was longer now, but when you're shopping at Blockbuster and everything was Warner Brothers and Universal and mm-hmm. you know Disney, it's just no. There's no way you would have predicted that you know some a company that sent you red covered DVDs in the mail was going to take over the media and entertainment world. Yeah, changed everything. And now, um, I understand, loosely understand that there's something about Netflix that has been controversial that they don't let the, um, you know, the artists or the, the people making the, the, the movies and even the stand-up specials for comedians, they don't let them know how many streams they get, how many downloads. Is that still the case? No, or that's it? changing in my experience. We have, uh, at least on Extraction and now Extraction 2, we've had, um, I think they call it the the three day, 10 day, 30 day and 90 day catch up call. So we'll, we'll get a call. We'll conference in with the Netflix executives and the producers. In this case, it was Agbo, um, the Russo brothers company. And, you know, I hop on the call and they kind of say, all right, we got X number of views in the last three days. You're on pace with, you know, this movie that did so many views and, you know, we're, we're hoping for this. It's kind of like their projections call and it's like your box office weekend. And then they like kind of track that and they, they've changed their metrics through the years. Like when we did extraction, it was, um, viewing hours that they were, you know, seeing, but then it, it kind of, I think logically. So in mean, no offense, Netflix, but it does make more sense. I think to say, views as in if you watch the movie mm-hmm. that counts as a view kind of like a ticket as opposed yeah. to because then if you have a three-hour movie and you have an hour you know a, a 90 minute movie obviously that you know more people watch a three-hour movie you get more viewing hours so yeah. but if you get you know a click is or a watch is you know a, a view then you just add those up and you get the metrics and so we're at we got the call for the 30-day um mark and we were at uh, i think it was a hundred million views whoa in 30 days yes sir that's almost as much as we get on this podcast close that's yeah, a very almost <laughs> same a close second same club we're in though that's awesome which is crazy if you, and it doesn't quite it's not a, an exact science obviously it doesn't equate it's not a one-to-one 
you know, uh, comparison. But if you take a hundred million views, and that's you know per household, if you say that you average one point five or two people per household, and then you multiply the cost of a movie ticket, hundred million views times you know even if you just want one to one like in a household of one times, average movie ticket you're looking it's like 13 now i think it's, it's like the average number right say it's 13 you know times 100 million you're t- you know those are big numbers now it's not again it's not a one-to-one because some of those people don't finish them it, you know they have clicking or started finished and you know viewed there's like three different metrics so it's not a one-to-one comparison however it starts to get you thinking you know with things like red note for example the big one on netflix that they're you know their flagship is red notice as far as views 454 million views wow so if you translated that to 13 dollars a ticket like do that math it's out there. Billions, I don't have, yeah. yeah it's, it's saying it's like $4.5 billion. It's like, yeah, that's breaking any actual movie theater. Yeah. Out, just number like in the last ever, ever, ever. ever. Yeah. Ever. Like, no one's yeah. come that close. To no, no one's billion. gotten to three, you know, yeah. not even three. I think 2.9 was 2.9, Avatar. Yeah. yeah. It was Avatar. Yeah. But 4.5 billion. I mean, that's, it's crazy. The, the yeah. amount of eyes that are on these Netflix movies. So, yeah. you know, I get that one a lot. Like, Oh, don't you wish this had been on the big screen? Well, yes, I got into the business to see my movies up on the big screen and a hundred million people in the last 30 days have watched a movie that I directed. That's huge. It is huge. I, if, if I were you, I mean, looking at it from, from that perspective, yeah, it's, st- you know, it stinks that you're not, you didn't get like, you know, theater exposure, but like the amount of eyeballs on it because of being in Nef- on Netflix is just phenomenal. Like, like even damn, even awesome. if it was if it was in the theaters, it'd be very very hard to get you know hundred million people to go see. It. Sure, <laughs> right. And, it, yeah. and the cool thing about and a lot of that, and I remember partly it was COVID, but I remember when the first movie came out, I had people come up and say, "Hey, I, I've seen your movie twelve times." That's awesome. Yeah. Now, if you you know you had to be doing pretty good at the, at work to go twelve times at the cinema because it's so expensive nowadays. Exactly. But at yeah. Netflix, you get your subscription, and if you enjoy a movie, you can binge yeah. it, man. You can watch it over and over again, and it kind of reminds me of being a kid. Like when, for, like for example, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, the movie that changed it all for me, like fitness and just approach to life was that movie. I wore out that VHS tape because, yeah. you know, I watched it over and over and over again. And that's what Netflix is now for, for kids, this new generation. So you're able to just present to them these stories that they can become part of their essence. You know, you, you can really reach out and touch a lot of people very quickly. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's got to be amazing. Uh, just the feeling knowing that, you know, these kids that are watching it now are going to be talking about it the way we talk about Rambo. Right? Hey, hope like, so, man. If, in, you know, if 20, 30 years from now, people are still talking about extraction, I will be very pleased. I have a very good feeling that extraction is going to be around for a long time. I know you, you, you already have plans for a three. The number three is in the works. I'm actually flying to Los Angeles tomorrow. I got, yeah, I mean, you teased the hell out of it at the end of two. <laughs> oh yeah. We, for sure. It was, it was definitely part of the, you know, the, um, the setup for them that third mm-hmm. act you want to leave them leave people wanting more and so to introduce that you know new character which people you should have seen it by now if you haven't watched it and this won't be a spoiler you just help his character oh yeah so just Alcott. fun fact Alcott. we don't care Man. about spoilers on this show we just Good. we just let them rip yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> so we definitely wanted to set that up and expand the universe and try to tie up the the that current 
emotional journey for Tyler Rake. Felt like, you know, two movies dealing with his past of his son. Like that's, yeah, it's a heavy topic. Mm -hmm. But now we're like, all right, let's free Tyler Rake to go on a new adventure and travel to unknown Yeah, and you brought in his Heimdall to to control the bridge. And it makes perfect sense. Let's get out of here on the rainbow. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So Idris Elba, when I saw him, show up on screen God, that like, man's oh. that man's incredible we're huge like we loved luther that was like our jam so, like that was like one of our favorite shows and now i'm watching uh hijack on apple tv mm-hmm. with him in it and like i tell people to watch it and i try to give the premise i'm like it's a seven hour flight <laughs> and the whole movie takes place in real time on a seven hour flight and they're like that sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> well you need to work on your pitch i know my pitch is <laughs> terrible but Idris Elba can make a seven-hour boring-ass yeah. flight like the most entertaining, yeah. uh, gripping. He's so, he's so charismatic. And it's one of the most amazing things from onset when you have Idris Elba and his, his voice. I can't even get close. Yeah. And so Chris good. Hemsworth now. Yeah. Both of them together. It's as if it's a gravelly voice off <laughs> and by the by the end of it we're like in the you know we've gone a mile into the earth and it's so deep and gravel they both start up here and it just gets lower and lower by the end of the day they're just like <laughs> it's like Clint, Clint Eastwood he had a baby with Barry White I picture, just picture like the sound guy like the, the key grip being like dude I can't pick this up on you like anymore. what do we do you say something no you say something he's off the register we like, can't go yeah, that low yeah, it's like I'm not saying anything that's Idris Elba I'm not saying it. no way you yeah, say it, it. Hilarious. you tell Tell him to speak up. <laughs> Two of them together was incredible. I got to yeah. tell you, when he when he shows up on screen, uh, I was watching the movie with my wife. She put her Nintendo down and said, that's Idris Elba. That's amazing. I'm going to watch the rest of this. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it took. That's what it took. That, that's hey. a movie star right there. Just yes. instant, like, yeah. That can pull this. somebody off yeah. of their Nintendo? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that power. <laughs> so, so, is, I don't know if you're allowed to answer these, like, these types of questions, but but um, do you have an exclusive deal now with Netflix where you have to put out three on Netflix? No exclusive deal. It's just I'm actually flying to LA. Oh, we started that and I never got there. Like the, oh, yeah, the yeah. plane, you know, yeah, the plane didn't <laughs> got hijacked. Right. It got hijacked. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Hopefully, well this will be seven hours of. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so I'm flying to LA tomorrow to meet with Netflix and Agbo about the third movie. So it's not an exclusive deal but we do want to continue the process. It would be great to work together. Um, you know, there was, it was a lot of fun. It was, there are a lot of challenges, you know, a lot of things that, and I think part of that meeting is to look at what didn't work, you know, in the, uh, in the production side and just of the second movie and how can we do that better? Because all of us want the same thing at the end of the day. It's a great movie, a great experience and enjoy working with people that we like. So that's the travel back and we'll talk about it and we'll, you know, hopefully set it up for a successful third go, but no, there's no exclusive deal with any studios at this moment. That's great. Yeah. Hopefully it goes Freelance. well. But yeah. But you got anything needs directing, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, dinner for dessert is prepared to make you a very lucrative <laughs> offer. We can pay you in your own beer that you provided for the <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, that's all backwards. We totally got hijacked. Yeah. <laughs> So, because I was thinking, I mean, it would be awesome to see Extraction Three in the in the theater. Oh. We're also working on that because yeah. if you look at, say, go on YouTube, and, and Netflix is actually really good about listening to the audiences, like what they want. They're all about audience metrics. They measure everything. I mean, probably down to your blood pressure when you're sitting on your couch. <laughs> but they they target audiences very specifically. And if you look at ninety five percent of the comments on YouTube or Instagram was related to audiences wanting to see this movie on a big screen it's a it's a really tough 
topic because you have a company that's trying to do the one thing the best that they can, which is streaming. And so philosophically to stray from that and try to compete with the big screen releases, it kind of goes against who they are. However, we're going to ask the question. We're going to keep pushing and see if it's possible, even if there's some kind of, and hey, Netflix can take this idea and run with it. But imagine if Netflix bought up a theater chain, yes. right? And you had Netflix gold or Netflix, you know, platinum. Yes. And yes. you had, yes. you paid a premium. You paid like $50 or $100. Now you got like the dine-in theater. So you could take your family. You've got a pass. You show your badge. You rock up to a theater. When you have the inclination to watch a big screen movie, you go to your cinema because it's your Netflix member and you watch it. And I think that'd be a really cool experience. I don't know if they're, you know, that liquid with their cash, if they can go buy up a theater chain, but I think that would, that's the future. That's a brilliant mind. idea. And you, your movie, the extractions are the perfect night out theater. hundred yeah, percent. Like you go see extraction, you go see like, uh, I thought like uh, the Adam project could be up there. Yes. You could have like, yes. I mean, you know, n- different reasons. The six underground's a big movie, not my favorite style, you mm-hmm. know, kind of bombastic Michael Bay stuff, but it's, you know, it would be even more bombastic and wild in a cinema. There are definite exceptions to that rule. And meaning, you know, something, Oh, it's for streaming in quotes. I think there's a lot of things nowadays that are be- being made with a quality that would just pop off the big screen and extraction hopefully being one of them. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And you know, I think it wouldn't hurt the streaming. Um, no, it's use. a big advertisement. I think yeah. it's not everybody's want to go to the, going to want to go to the theater. Not everyone can. They got a kid at home. And so you don't, it's an option, right? And it's like, you're still paying your Netflix makes money on the subscriptions. It's not like a movie ticket. Exactly. Everybody who goes to that theater would have to pay a premium subscription for access. Yeah. And how yeah. many times do you see a movie in the theater and you get home and you're like, damn, I'd love to watch that like one that part again or this again. Yeah. Now you can. Yeah. You go right to your your (laughs) laptop, pop it on or your your big screen TV and you play that part again. Watch it as much as you want. It's day and date release. It goes to the big, you know, available on all your Netflix cinemas and at home. I love it. I love it. And I I honestly think it will probably make views go up for sure. To your point with the with the advertising and no one's going to like cancel Netflix because they watched it in the theater. So it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, it's still not count like they're cannibalizing their own business. You they're, can still count it as a view. Come yeah. in, you have to click a counter. Like you, if you walk yeah. in, like have a digital recording. Oh yeah. You, you don't even, you there's nothing it. to click anymore. You would just scan your Netflix yeah. and it would boom, register yeah, you as it, a view. There you go. And you're not hurting your views. You're not hurting your platform. You're just yep. allowing people to expand the, the experience to be in you know, a more communal and, you know, get to see stuff on the big screen. I agree. And Netflix needs a, at some point, they're going to need to start innovating how they how they approach their business model because they have so much competition now with Hulu and um, Amazon Prime and I mean fr- I just discovered Tubi, which is just free movies streaming, what? which is amazing. Tubi, T U B I. Is it Tubi or, or not Tubi? <laughs> that is the question, Sam. <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> no, but it, it's well, I don't even know how Tubi works, but. I've Pluto, watched, Pluto's the same way. I've watched a lot of... It's I've, just free movies and, and there's channels that are like the Bob Ross channel and it's just Bob Ross all day. It's episodes. Or I'm like, sorry, what? Yeah, man. Yeah. Bob Ross all day? Yeah, the oh, Cops channel. It's just episodes of Cops from the 90s all day. It's like just random things and they'll have like the action channel which will just show like random 80s action movies all day as now is to give it free is it are they making their you know money with revenue are there ads like is it like television so you it, get ads? yeah yeah you get so, like some but it's not like the normal amount of ads that you'd get watching like a normal like, cable based television like, I, show. I think i think one of them is subsidized by the sale of like the amazon fire stick 
Like that's oh, like their channel cool. and they say like, oh, okay, like we take that money and then we buy the rights to whatever and we put that on for free for a little while. Huh. Interesting. I, so I, yeah, they definitely have ads, but not as many as you would think. No. My guess is they take movies and TV shows that have lost their their value outside of there and they say, well, this is like the discount bin of movies. But it's, so it's not like you're watching, you're not watching, um, you know, Red Notice on there. You're watching, you know, Groundhog Day that came out, you know. Hey, that's a great movie. But that's what I'm it. saying. Amazing like, all movie, the but movies it's like, it's, hit. It's, the juice has been squeezed out of Groundhog Day. So right. like, why not make a few extra pennies and put it on Tubi? Yeah. I guess that's yeah, how they, no, they totally think makes of sense. Because I go through it sometimes when I'm like a lull and there's nothing new I really want to watch and I'm like, ah, I haven't seen this one in a while. Like it almost rejuiced itself. Do you know what I did? I, wa- I went on Tubi like like three weeks ago. I hit the end of the internet. I've watched everything. Yep. And I was like, I need something to watch. I'm scrolling through Tubi and I see Married to the Mob. I was like, I've never Michelle heard Pfeiffer. of this movie. Michelle Pfeiffer. She was fantastic. Young, young fantastic Alec Baldwin. in that. Amazing. And I watched Married to the Mob. Yeah, and it was great. It's a good movie. It's <laughs> amazing. It's a good movie. See, if, if Netflix isn't careful. Tubi is going to have their own theater chain. That's it. They're going to take be over. a little hole in the wall. It's going to be like the, you know, the, the dime theater. You like you up. wouldn't go rewatch a, a movie, like a, a random movie from the early eighties in a theater. If they showed it. Absolutely would. 100%. Sure you would. Yeah, for I, sure. Like obviously the blockbusters, they'll like re-release them like a Goonies special edition, whatever in the theater and people will go watch them. But imagine that. Like, I mean, I just get even more excited about my pitch to Netflix. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, sure. New releases like extraction. Bam. Sure. Makes mm-hmm. sense. But then have, you know how they'll, they'll have like a featured. Yep. Just be like, hey, this this week we're you know replant whatever their extensive library is, but like a good you know a good old mm-hmm. like you said Goonies or some like blast from the past like Back to the Future whatever they have access to. I don't know all their you know licensing, but something that's like nostalgic that views would go through the roof. This is yeah. brilliant. I, you know, so Netflix, if you're listening, yeah, Netflix, Ted, man, Ted, Sarandos, come in, Ted. <laughs> Take notes, Ted. <laughs> this is honestly a brilliant idea because. I think the throwback movies, especially if you do it for like one week only, will get such a big draw, just maybe even more of a draw than the new stuff. Like, um, for example, in my town, we do movies on the beach every summer. And so every like Friday night, they just have a big um, projector set up on the beach and they play the same movies every single summer. And it packs out with like 400, 500 people on the beach to watch, you know, Jaws every single summer, to watch like, I don't know, the, the Super Mario Brothers movie they played this week. But. I mean, I'd go see Jaws every month if they did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's, an, it's such an experience, too. And even when you watch Jaws on the beach and then everybody brings coolers and they're drinking the Narragansetts that uh, the Quint drinks. That's awesome. It, it's so awesome. But see, what's great about that and it's related is it's a, it's a social experience. Yes. And that's part of the joy, I think, of cinema is being able, you're in a dark room with like-minded people who all have agreed to come to this time and this place, show up and get a story told to them and like, you know, sights, sounds, and it's an amazing experience that you're sharing. Yes. So to do that, to have like, make Netflix, like you're saying, the next step, the evolution yeah. is turning that into event, like eventize Netflix stuff or yes. Netflix content. Because then you could you could even do here's one free uh, here's a money making tip you do like an advertising sorry this this um you know theater um portion the Netflix Gold is only nineteen ninety nine and then the small print is like after you know whatever a month it goes up to fifty yeah and so you know you've got new subscribers and you're making more money yeah. I mean come on now and, maybe, and then you could and then you got all the 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 snacks all the concessions there's yes. a whole new revenue stream for them and but that, maybe you try and make theaters even better while you're at it maybe you do like 
half the theater has seats. Maybe there's some tables where you yes. can go with a group and maybe sit around a table, beanbag chairs, and watch a yep. movie. Bean, like yeah, that's just, a great idea. Like, just like it, things like that. Maybe unique we, experiences. Maybe we want to sit and like eat some wings and have some beers at a table together while watching Extraction Three. And maybe you find a way to like kind of like isolate the sound, like soundproof it a little bit, so that people can like have conversations. Like if you want to be social, have you know drink a couple of beers and like joke around while you're watching the movie, but you don't interfere with other. That's why you say you can section the theater off to do that. And I think that'd be wonderful. You put yeah. tables and chairs in the back. Well, yep. maybe it's all head. Maybe it's like headphones. Instead of playing the sound through speakers, Ooh. you play it through headphones, God, so everybody, no this. one's inter. Do you know the number one reason I don't go to the theater that much is because I. I suffer from like serious misophonia like the sounds like little sounds here and there drive me nuts so when I'm at the theater and if there's someone behind me that you know got the Sour Patch Kids that have the little plastic wrapper and you just hear like the the whole time all I think about while I'm watching the movie is like when is he gonna be done with those Sour Patch Kids (laughs) so like if I had headphones on and I could and I could just like control the experience with noise canceling headphones oh that would be amazing that would be wild. And then you could, I mean, imagine this, like how we're hooked up here talking to each other. Wow. You could even communicate. Yeah. You know, yes. you could like have like a little oh channel communicate and be like, hey, Pop, it's like, did you see that? But you're not bothering the next person. You have little like call buttons oh, with so your friends. Good. Oh, it's amazing. And if your one friend's being annoying, you could just mute them. Yeah. Oh, just mute them. And then you hit the wrong button. You're like, dude, Sam sucks. Yeah, like, wait, and, he's like, and he's like, what'd you say? And I'm like, hey, hey, Sam. Button. <laughs> oh, did which I say Sam? It, I meant Jones. <laughs> which would make it so interesting. Yes. Oh. You could have each one could be themed. You know, you could have your jaws, like your jaws one or whatever you could. Yeah, man, we are, we are tapping into something here. I oh. do hope that Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos are listening to your this podcast. Is, brilliant and we're tapping into the source because i yes. want to talk to you about this <laughs> right okay so and i was telling eric on the drive over here Can't so none. come on a couple weeks ago um, me and sam are at a block party and i asked him i said what you know what are you reading watching whatever um lately any any good recommendations for me and he said i just finished this book called tapping the source and he told me about it it's this amazing uh surf noir crime thriller coming of age story yeah yeah that about sums it up amazing and as he's telling me about it the first thing i thought of well for the first thing that happened is i started visualizing how cool that would look as a movie because i was just thinking like it's surfers biker gangs like you know southern california just thinking about like the juxtaposition of like the violence and craziness of this like crime thriller with like beautiful like landscapes and sunsets and everything and so as he's talking to me, I go, we need, the world needs another movie like this because it reminds me of Point Break. And you're like, yeah. And then after left the block party, I went home and I started Googling, tapping the source. And then lo and behold, it was apparently the quote unquote inspiration for Point Break. And I'm like, interesting because Point Break had a much different storyline, different plot. But now I was like, I got to, read this thing so did you th- read or audiobook it i can't read read like a real person i only audiobook <laughs> how uh the, the the speaker was perfect perfect yeah he had like a little bit of a southern california i'm gonna do it you sold me on it in the vibe. car um he's he, he he's he um he sounds exactly like how you think he should sound he has a little bit of the helmsworth gravel um but not as you know hardcore but um he just nails it it's a little over 10 hours i think so it's a it's not a long it's not a long yeah uh, i'm listen. on it well, you you sold me hard on it in the car 
it's one of those books that when you're listening or reading it, like you can so vividly picture the characters. He does such a good job of describing the characters, but he also does an amazing job of describing the scenery. The all the surfing scenes are like it's like poetry, man. It's like it's so. Uh, for the lack of a better word, it's like Zen. Like it makes you it, it awesome, would, which is so such a contrast to what's going on in the plot of the of the book. So. Yeah, the author Kim Nunn is he is you can feel the grit in his writing. Like he's, yes. this is a guy who's experienced now. Hopefully, not that entire story because it's <laughs> be horrifying. Yeah, but the the depth of knowledge of the surfing and the culture and that mindset and he he really a lot of his. And because I'm on reading my third Kim Nunn book right now, uh, Tijuana Straits, similar vibe of like a you know a, the hero, this a, a surfer past his prime, remembering the good old days. Who really just that that wave, you know that and he, the line gets said in this book, tap you know tap that source, yeah. where it's just that source of life and the reason for living for some of these people is like when you're on that wave, when you're out there on the surf. Now I'm not a surfer. I've have surfed in some pretty amazing places in the world but i'm not a surfer but that i think it's that moment of being in the flow you know you're in yeah. the zone whether you're you know michael jordan on the court or you know whomever wherever you're at that you find that moment where you're tapping into the source of existence yeah for for his writing that means where he taps the source yeah. is when he's got you know his hands on the keyboard and it really brings that world to life and it's so visual i highly recommend yeah tapping the source and i and i, I read the traditional way words on a page which i love audiobooks and this one for whatever reason i ordered and read and you know i read it in my own version of you know in a world we should have a movie yeah. trailer voice off God. i think i think jen should actually re- be a read we all we all win voice. if that happens every one of us wins <laughs> yeah. yeah everyone wins if you become an audiobook narrator yes <laughs> I, would t- I would do it Jones, i really would it I'm I'm starting it tomorrow. I'm starting the audiobook tomorrow. You have to. It, it, you just ordered it on his phone. Is it happening? <laughs> Did you really? happening right here? It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so good. And I could see it as a screenplay. Hopefully, one day you can make that happen. So you for recommended us. this to him? I did because my my team at WME, my, my my agency over there, you know, they were looking for. We're just always looking for new content, new things that we can, you know, option if it's already been written or you know, news articles or just you know, stuff that somebody's thought of. And this one came across uh, from the television side. It was actually the first book from Kim Nunn was um, called Dogs of Winter that Paramount actually has. They've optioned it, so they have it kind of set up over there. We're looking for a director. Great story. That one's awesome. That's, that one takes place a little more in the Northwest, you know, big wave surfing up there. And again, another noir surf thriller. Tapping the source, strangely, and hopefully by us on this podcast, we're not, you know, sending a whole bunch of filmmakers out to option this before I do, but <laughs> I'll fight every single one of them. Yeah. Eric will take them down. Don't worry. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> it had been optioned in the past by, you know, different studios. And I think, you know, different actors had wanted to, but for whatever reason, 20 years have gone by and it hasn't been made. Do it. And so we, we, it's open. So it's, we're, we're looking to scoop it up and see if we can it. turn it into a, a movie. Oh, you definitely should. It would be, I think it would be a hit. Yeah, imagine Chris Hemsworth, you know, as the as yeah. the, the surfer, the surf pro, like 
Yeah, it would be amazing. I mean, he'd be so many perfect. great casting. He'd be perfect. He's for that. perfect yeah. for everything. He is perfect for everything. He really is. <laughs> you know, and I'm not just bigging him up because I know him and, and, and love I him. I don't. I don't know him, he's, and I'm bigging him up. Yeah, he's just such a great, great person. We're back to Hemsworth now. He's, he's your. He's like your workout buddy too, right? Don't oh you guys, yeah. Uh, oh, I'll tell you what. Here, here's for a while. This is like a, a kind of a dream, surreal experience, dream come true on the press tour for Extraction Two. We're in. Uh, where did we end up? Brazil. We're in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I get up in the morning, I go to the gym because I like to establish my day. Part of my miracle morning practice, my Hal Elrod, is to get up and you know exercise as part of the Savers program. We'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> so the exercise portion, I'm there at the gym and, and who walks in and taps me on the shoulder? Thor. And he's like, you know, how you going, mate? And he starts working out. And then you get you get 20 questions. You get, well, you get one guess. Who, who walks into the gym after Thor? Heimdall? No, next. <laughs> close though, very close. Very Idris close. Elba. Um, no, do you not know who that is? I have no idea who Heimdall is. That's who He's Idris Elba plays in Thor. Thor, yeah. That's oh. how they, that's how this they whole time you've been looking at me weird. I had I was no like, clue I you didn't know who understand. Heimdall is. Um, my guess is, if it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, absolutely correct. So I'm in wow. the gym, and do I get a guess? How Arnie, come you're not? No, he got it right. Impressed. Sorry. You Eric is right. not impressed. Oh, if you guessed for Arnold, you guess. would be right. <laughs> it, he so walk, he walks in and just... That was a solid now, guess. Yeah, now I've got like... There's Chris Hemsworth and you know Arnold Schwarzenegger pumping iron next to me at the gym. That's insane. Netflix was two biggest insane. stars right now. Oh my God. They, yeah, they're blowing it up. But the, at the gym they were and then on you know on the screen. It's, it's, it's wild. Anyway, that was a pretty wild uh, experience with you know workout buddies. That was what inspired that little That's side. amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's what a combo. And Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has gotten a lot of airtime on this show recently because we love to show FUBAR. Yeah, FUBAR is fun. I have you seen the documentary? Arnold? Yeah, it's fantastic yeah. too. So good. So good. Inspirational. So inspirational. And you know, the funny, the show FUBAR, I think I, I needed to warm you up to it a little bit. No, I just hadn't started it yet. You just were, you were hyped and I was like, perfect. I was like, I, you were like, I, it was so good. I started the second run through. I watched it. And I was like, all right, I got to stop putting it off and do it tonight. I was already planning on it. You had to push me into silo. Oh, silo. Silo is a slow burn. It's a slow burn. I haven't seen it yet. I got so, no, wait. So slow burn and quit. So. I kind of quit <laughs> it up. I, I put it on a, a temporary hiatus at episode four because it just it wasn't grabbing me silo's the kind of show that is more fun to talk about after you're done watching it than it is while you're watching it right okay okay so, so what the, what's kind of what's grabbing you and pulling you through is it just sheer determination that you started it and you have to finish it or is it there something about the story that's like oh i'm really intrigued about what happens next i needed to know what was happening what was going on like, why I, I was, watching this yeah i was so like determined to understand what the heck was going on uh it's just and it's not like super slow burn it's like it's just there's some parts where you're just like all right let's let's wrap this up already you the know thing, the, uh, unfortunately the pacing was not hargrave worthy right i think well, hey, if you, you know, directed it it would have been better for <laughs> i real. agree breakneck speed yeah you've recommended like you've been on a heater with things you've recommended me like everything's been a hit that thank i've been you, watching thank you silo though kind of like dudded out for me a little bit uh-oh yeah, but I, you're allowed one because you've been you've been like slaying it. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm okay with a, a loss here and there. You yeah, know, sometimes you got to take a risk. Happens. Yeah, you got to make bold choices. You know, you got to <laughs> yeah. got to go for it. So sp speaking of like recommendations, we uh, we've been doing kind of a separate. Um, oh, you want to do a segment? You want to do a segment? I think we should do a recommendation want, segment. Yeah. So I'm going to put something out to him. 
so he could think about it before the show is over. I want to I want to plant it in his brain. We've been doing a show where we deep dive a specific movie or television series, whatever it is. We've done two move two episodes now. We did Monster Squad for the first episode, Heavyweights for the second episode. And this is separate from this show. This is like our flagship dinner for dessert. That's more of a deep dive on entertainment where we like dig up every fun fact we could find about the filming, the production, like everything involved. And we would love for you to recommend a movie for us to do or a show for us to do one on. And no matter what you say, we're going to honor it and do it for our next episode. I love it. I'm going to watch the wheels start turning. If it's smoke, it gets too thick in here because <laughs> I'm thinking. I wanted to plant that in you now. So before the show's over, you could drop it on us. I love it. Like last week, we took a poll and let the fans pick. So just film or is it film TV with the, focusing on film? Film or TV. We would prefer film. Great. Done. Let's yeah. leave it there. Film. <laughs> We'd prefer film so we don't have to Beautiful. watch an entire se- season. Yeah. Way easier. Because we're one. lazy. No. Nah. <laughs> but uh, no, that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, so next up, if you're game for it, we're going to do what we normally do on our show, which is we have something called the recommendation segment. Yes, I'm game. <laughs> we play a little song that Jonesy wrote. Um, after that song is over, we come on and we just basically just tell each other a recommendation. It could be movie, TV, book, um, new album. It could be something you bought on Amazon. It could be anything. I love anything it. at all. It You'll could, get all the rules from the song. Like your recommendation should be like, <laughs> you guys should start exercising more. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you good? You want to do I'm it? Good. Yeah. Let, let's do it. Let's keep awesome. Jones, cue you excited? The song. You well, excited? I can't wait for this. Damn. We got to reverse this. All right, pump hit it. So I'm going to go first with my recommendation. I just started it a couple days ago, and so far, so good. Uh, the new season of What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu and FX is top-notch. I feel like that may be the easiest wreck ever on the planet because that show is so terrific, never disappoints. Like, it's, it's only a home run if you recommend it. You know what the crazy thing is? <clears throat> I there's a couple of reasons why I should hate that show or not be a huge fan of it. One of them is that it does that like mockumentary style where they like talk into the camera like the office and stuff like that and I feel like that's been a little bit played out. But they do it so well. It's so unique and so fresh that it doesn't bother me at all. What do you think it's played out from? Uh the office mostly and other shows. Oh, uh, Parks and Rec. I think. I feel like I feel like it's it's untapped almost like you not enough. So? I feel like not enough mockumentaries happen. Okay, all right. Hey, you know you do you. That's why I love it. <laughs> but you love it too, apparently. No, oh, I love it. I love that type of humor. Like I don't know, like that dry. So you don't like The Office or Parks and Rec? I never really watched Parks and Rec, and I meh. Oh, I'm eh with The Office. Eh. Interesting. Yeah, How about I'm, you, I'm, Sam? Do you like what? What do you think of all these? The Office. I haven't seen your recommendation, but now I'm going to take you up on it. Yes. Uh, the Office, I mean, 
I like the original. Just gonna say, it's good. yeah, it's real good. Yeah, the Ricky Gervais, you know, because Ricky Gervais is amazing. He's a genius. Now, Let's Steve Carell did like some great stuff too. I think the the U.S. Office is also good, funny. Haven't seen every season, every episode, but all, all that I have seen, I do enjoy. Parks and Rec, I have not uh, dove into. No, I think Parks and Rec is w- is way funnier. Then The Office. Yeah. Oh, well, I, then I got to check that out. That, is that your recommendation? No. But <laughs> okay. you, get, you get a young Chris Pratt, and he's so good. Yeah, that's that's peak Pratt. And Aziz Ansari. You know, like... Pre-cancel. You get those... Pre-cancel. You get, like, those two guys. They were it. They were comedic genius in that show. I'm yeah, still Pratt, mad that... It, great. I'm still mad that Aziz got... <laughs> canceled his cancel was like a weak sauce story <laughs> i don't even know that is how i you know under a rock i am after having a baby i don't know what his story is and i you don't have to want to talk about it here but I, i'll yeah. have to go look up his cancellation it's not bad he had a bad date <laughs> i guess the girl you know decided that she didn't she regretted going on a date with him i guess and that wow. that was enough for him to get uh, canceled it didn't fit in with the rest of the grouping of cancellations that were happening at yeah. the time let's just put it that way yeah you know th- gosh that whole thing has swung so far to one side it's become ridiculous i gotta say yeah it'll balance out soon but i mean my goodness yeah, yeah. I, I don't even talk to the opposite sex anymore <laughs> no I'm me neither I'm too scared i just talked to pomp and jones and i'm, yeah. I'm happy yeah. i'll be like eric can you tell that girl <laughs> over there <laughs> to pass me a napkin i don't want to get in trouble um, so what we do in the shadows you should take him up on that wreck because the show is top tier yeah top it's here just the premise alone it's a it's a bunch of vampires that live on staten island which already just right out of the gate and they live in a house together um and they're very different characters and they're all from different points in time because whenever they became a vampire so like one his name is uh nandor the relentless so he was like some like persian king or something and then you have like this 1800s british guy who's very much like aristocrat and then you have this like eastern european woman and then you have this american guy his name is colin robinson he might be the best character to ever come out of uh tv of all time colin robinson the rest of them are regular vampires he's an energy vampire which means he sucks the energy out of you by just being like the worst the worst person ever and so i don't want to spoil too much but in this season he realizes the best way for him to to like suck energy from people is to work at a, at a restaurant and he's the worst waiter ever so whenever people are ordering it like he's like love he like does all the it. things that you don't want your waiter to do like like he was like he was, he's taking the order and they're telling him all the stuff with all like the customizations and he, he's the the people are like are you gonna write that down he's like no I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember it it's okay I'm gonna remember and then he messes up all <laughs> that's of it that's the best and then like he like a couple's in the middle of breaking up and as soon as they're like he realizes that they're breaking up he walks over he's like oh let me get you some more water and he knocks <laughs> over the glass and he's like ruining everything for them and like every time he's like driving people crazy you see his eyes light up because like it, like he's like absorbing all their energy. That is a creative. That's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. So what we do in the shadows was, was created by Taika Waititi. Oh well, there you go. Um, and he, it was originally a movie, and it was him and uh, the Flight of the Concord. I, I hate Concords that I don't know their names with the glasses. Um, yeah. I don't remember his name either. But it was yeah. Brett and Jermaine, and Jermaine. I don't Jermaine. Okay, brilliant. It, so Taika Waititi created it. He also starred in the movie. And the two of them are creators on the show. So there was a movie. And there was a movie. Show. It was originally a movie, and it was terrific. Okay. But the show, in my opinion, is better. Okay. They perfected it, it in the show. They perfected it okay. with the show. Well, then, now he's I got to do... It's still his input, and he's still the show creatively in control. The movie first, 
Would yeah. you recommend in that order or just? I would do the movie first. Okay. I mean, that's that's how it's it, the foundation. It came out way earlier than the show did. Right, well, so there you go. But you don't have to watch the movie. But you I, don't I, have I to. agree no, with that but, order. But, but do it. Yeah. Okay, done. I'm a Taika Waititi fan, so that's why I'm always going to recommend if you can watch him portraying a vampire in a mockumentary, do it. Um, well, talking about I can't say his name. You say it. Taika Waititi. That, that's what he said. <laughs> um, he had the hunt for the wilder people, which like nobody saw. Absolutely but stellar, gem. stellar movie. Have you ever heard of this movie? I saw it. It's you great. saw it. How good is it? Yeah, right? it's so good. Great movie. Sam Neill, the little pudgy kid from uh, Deadpool. Deadpool two. Yep. 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 I shouldn't describe him that way. The the heavy heavy set gentleman. <laughs> I think he's just a kid. Yeah, he's, he's, kid. And he's now, great. Now and he's, he's great. Just, an just a kid. Yep. Yep. Just an actor. How about you? Got any recos, Eric? Yeah, so I actually have an odd recommendation this week because I haven't technically watched it. This is a bold move, Cotton. I woke up today and I noticed there was a new episode of Futurama out. Wow. The last episode of Futurama aired in 2013. Sam, do you know what Futurama is? I do know what Futurama is. That's a long time. Season season 7 ended. Season 7. So that show was canceled once, brought back. And then it went a few more seasons. Season seven ended 2013. Never heard another word about it. People were bummed, obviously, because it was rolling and it was doing really well. It's a Matt Groening show. It's, it was kicking ass. And now this morning I wake up and there is a season eight, episode one available on Hulu. What if it's terrible? Listen, it might be. And that's, that's why this is a weird recommendation for me because I haven't technically watched it. So but this comes can, with a warning, basically. Yeah. But you can say if you're a fan of that style like in the show. Of course, you like I'm going on. home. I'm going home tonight, and that's what I'm doing. I'm watching that. I do want to say that I think somebody didn't return from the voice acting cast. I hope it's not John Dima- jo- th- John DiMaggio. I think it was John DiMaggio. That's rough if it's if it's not him. Yeah, I think it was John DiMaggio, the voice of ben- Bender. Bender. Yeah. Do you want to change your recommendation? <laughs> yeah. That means no, that no, no. Listen, that. I'm going to stick with it. All right. All I'm right. going to push through. I may retract it next week, though. Got it. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Sam, how about you? You got any recos oh, for us? Oh, gosh. You know, it's the hardest part is choosing the reco because I listen to so many audiobooks and so many podcasts. Um, I, I guess I got to choose. Right, one one that's been... For the record, you don't have to choose. I also yeah. am indecisive, and I usually do like six. He's the week. king of multiple recos. I break the rules all the time. All right, all right. I, okay. so you, could well, do, you could do as many as you want. Tell you what, I'm gonna, I'll do one. And uh, I'm going to this book I read um, called, or it's by Gary M. Douglas and Dr. Danny, Danny here called money. Isn't the problem you are. It's a great line. It's a short, it's a three hour read and it, it's really just about changing your mindset around money. And his, his thing is he just kind of says like the thing that really stuck out to me is live in the question. He's all about, you got to ask a question to the universe and let the universe answer. Don't try to answer the question. It's just changing the, you know, the paradigm here and saying, you know, question one, for example, what would it take for blank, you insert, you know, word there to show up in my life? You know, Sam Hargrave. What would it take to get Sam Hargrave in my life? Kind of. I mean, it's, it's a way of like saying, you know, what would it take for, uh, you know, the, uh, a, a career in, you know, podcast, whatever, to show up in my life, something that you really want to do. And he's like, not look at money as the goal money is the you know the means to get you to the life that you want so you gotta what is it that what life do you want well if you had all the money in the world and you could choose anything 
choose that and then ask the universe to help provide for it. It's just kind of a, a paradigm shift. Like he, he's like, if you, rather than saying, oh man, I can't afford that. Think about what is it that you really want? You know, if you go in, you have to have like the 72 inch screen TV. Do you really want it? Or is it just, you think you should have it? And then like, you know, you might find that you don't actually want that. You want the, you know, the 65 inch, whatever, bad example. But you know, what is it that you actually want and then put out there and so say you would say, you know, what would it take for a 65 inch TV to show up in my life? I love that. And the answer might come back as, you know, take another shift. It, you know, the answer will come to you if you put the question out there. And I thought that was pretty, just a really cool way to look at uh, money and, and life and kind of what you want. So I, I thought that book was really cool. Money isn't the problem. You are. I love that. That's also what my wife said to me last night. <laughs> no, that's a, that 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 sounds great. It's a three-hour lesson. Yeah, three-hour. It's pretty quick. And, you know, it's, yeah, the, and now what I will say, <laughs> this comes with a bit of a caveat. The who, the reader, the person who reads this thing, I wasn't sure at first. I was like, did they just? Hmm. And so you keep reading, or you keep listening, and it as if they didn't proof or edit. So that this would be an example rather than going back and if I, if I did this and you'd re-record that one, the one moment where I did the double take. Yeah. Nope. Just all in. It's all so in So he there. like stutters and... Yeah. Or he'll go back, you know, what would it take for the, what would it take for the blank to show up in your life? And you're like, is that an outtake? But through the whole thing. Now, it's not always, that's the reason yeah. it's surprising is because it'll go for 15, 20 minutes and it'll be perfect. And then we'll have a moment where something, there's a stutter and it keeps going and you go, <laughs> that's just, I'm hearing things. But it's throughout. So it's, it's really weird. There's a lot of comments on, online about that. So maybe if you want to read the book so you, you can stutter in your own mind or. We should just make our own audio book of it God. and then sell it. For hey, like, Jones, that's your chance. There you go. Just make a rip off of it for like, and we'll sell it for like 50 cents less and you say go. no stuttering and then it'll be a hit. It's changed the word. The problem yeah. isn't money. It's you. It's the guy who yeah. did the first audio book. Yeah. The problem isn't money or you. It's the other narrator. <laughs> Oh, if I did that in like the Dusty Rhodes voice with all the speech impediments, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so anyway, great content. Some a little bit, if you can get past the, you know, some of the stumbles and swips and it's, it's quite good content. That's great. And I think something all of us need to remember, because I do think that everybody throughout their life, they start focusing on what they think they should want versus what they actually want. And they just bury what they really want down deep and I see it all the time and to your point about like people sometimes talk about wanting to make more money or have like a certain job or a certain level of fame or whatever and you if you dig down deep it's usually like that's not really what they want they just think that might help get them to what they actually want and but they're not really to your point like or to this guy's point they're not really putting out to the universe what they actually want then yeah. so they're misguided throughout their life and they don't probably don't ever achieve that happiness that they're looking for yeah it's a really it's a really cool now i'm gonna i'm gonna since it's my first time i'm gonna double up sorry jones i'm gonna give you one that which is actually really well put together is the achieve your goals podcast with hal elrod that dude can't miss. I mean, in my opinion, he, he's the author of the miracle morning. See, this is a callback. I set that up earlier. I talked about this. So 
He's got great book, got The Miracle Morning, and that book is it's a three. Sorry, The Miracle Morning's great, but he has a podcast, Hal Elrod, called Achieve Your Goals, and it's just you know, the last couple I've been listening to, they're like an hour or half an hour, depending on what he's getting into. But he's just he's a great speaker, he's super motivating, and he has uh, guests that are so just well spoken and also from a very um, inspirational you know background, and it's just. For me, it's been getting me through workouts and just making me want to attack the day, and it's, it's such a positive influence. That's awesome. It'd be awesome if your third reco was like Pornhub.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Achieve your goals, like you know, <laughs> yeah, master money and Pornhub. <laughs> no, that's no, that's awesome. I, I we'll definitely check it out. Uh, I'm like a podcast junkie, and so I'm always on the hunt for something new and something good. So. Yeah, I know I'm going to achieve your goals. Hal Elrod. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Um, Jonesy, how about you, sir? Sam, I'm really happy that you went right before me because I'm recommending the purchase of a swimming pool. (laughs) (laughs) Did you put that out into the universe? (laughs) I I did on on Amazon Prime Day. What did he want to do? He wanted to cool off on a summer's day. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Say, what would it take for a pool? Is it in ground or above ground? What is this? It's above ground. ground. What would it take for an above ground pool to show up in my life? Apparently, just a visit to Amazon.com. Yeah, a little Prime Day deal. Did Did you buy it? I did, yeah. So um, this is going to be disappointing. So I have a, a new dog. He's a German Shepherd. His name is Tex. He's perfect. Hi, Tex. Um, Does he w- listen to the show? Uh, forcefully, yes. Nice. Good. He loves it. Hi, Tex. Um, so it's very hot out in the backyard there where I have to let him out. And I figured, you know what? Maybe I'll get him a little swimming pool. So on Prime Day, they had a sale on a 5 foot by 12 inch tall pool just for dogs. It's fantastic. Uh, it's made by, there's no name. Okay. It just says dog pool. Can I see it? Uh, yes. Hang on. So you're gonna you're not gonna believe this. You bought a dog pool. So I have a husky who loves the water. Yeah, same one. Same one. And uh, oh my god. <laughs> and he that actually looks great for running. I wanted. I, yeah, yeah. But that's good for like babies and toddlers. It's too. with a yeah. thickened PVC too, so they can't claw through it easily. Great for um, children too. So I got it for my husky, and now my nephew goes and sits in the in the pool, and the husky jumps in with him. And it, my nephew's sixteen. It's a little too old to go in that pool, but hey, you know what? He, but he, it's like a big enough to. size and easy enough to move around and fill. I yeah. got the same that's pool. Not that's not disappointing crazy. at all, Jones. That's amazing. <laughs> no, it's that's it's wonderful. Reco. My yeah. wife's gonna be on no, that. Like as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm gonna mention <laughs> yeah. it. She's gonna. Next thing you know, we got yeah. a pool in the backyard. That's a great record. And you know yeah. what? It's been a long time since we've done a product. Reco. Yeah. So that's great. We've, nice we've now we got TV shows, truth. Got podcasts and books, and now we have a product record. We this used to we used to do products a lot. Yes. But then we bought everything. We bought all of Amazon. <laughs> right. And then you were like, wait, am I the problem or is it my money? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we realized that <laughs> now we needed rec- that book because <laughs> yeah. we bought remember we were recommending like, oh, this back massager. It's the yeah, best back dude. massager ever. I used it like for three weeks. And, and then I think it hurt it my back. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lie. My next recommendation is happiness, which I couldn't buy on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can find that somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Oh, I, I do got to say, though, that swimming pool. So I, the other day I was in the kitchen. I'm looking out into the backyard. My wife put on her bathing suit. She got in the pool, brought the dog in with her, and was just sitting there just like petting the dog. And that was the happiest I have seen her in a really long time. I was just like, this is totally Because there's something the, about going yeah. back to like, swimming pool days like you brings you back to being a child and then you have like your favorite creature on the planet with you it's just it's there's nothing wrong with the moment oh 
How can it get any better than exactly. this? Exactly. It can't. I'll tell you. It can. That's from the book. Oh, it's that question. It and don't limit the universe. <laughs> it can't get any better than this. Yes, no, it, it can. can. That's what you asked. Say, how can it get any better than this? <laughs> don't settle. <laughs> Set your standards You're higher limiting yourself, Pop. You can do better than this, man. Uh, <laughs> I guess I got to get another pool. No, it, no, <laughs> no your it, pool is great. Yeah, uh, I'm the one. I got the problem. I got to work on this. I need All the book. Right. Um, the negative attitudes come from Pop over here. He's limiting himself in the universe. I'm going to straighten him out before this podcast is through. And my wife's going to hear this and be like, no, you didn't. You're the positive. You're the Mr. Positive. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say, though, I don't have that pool, but my kids just got a slip and slide. Oh, oh, do you use yeah. it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you should, lie. my friend. Honestly, the slip and slide is the best for like the kids my age my kids age <laughs> the kids my age <laughs> kids my age is perfect if you're 40 and you like <laughs> if you like sliding on wet plastic um no the kids love to slip and slide that's their favorite thing ever to do Amazing. the kids <laughs> kids my age love to slip and slide I'll bet see just like that book narrator we don't edit <laughs> so all of this stays right in, in unfortunately so you know it is a good recommendation <laughs> yeah. right in the same zone our listeners have to listen to all our flubs I'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so we got one more segment left I think we have enough for it do we have ask us anything questions yeah yeah and we have some of our own questions that we'd like to yeah, get after it come on you ready for it yeah let's do it nice Jones you ready I can't wait are you nervous I've never been nervous. Are you excited? <laughs> yes. Nice. Do you have to pee? No, I actually haven't had. I've never been nervous. I've never had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> usually, and this is my excited voice. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually excited. This is the, uh, the absolute maximum decibel level of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Eric, you have to say it now. Uh, hit it. Wait, wait, I wasn't ready. Oh. Sorry. Wait, hold on. Should I say action or something? Oh, wait, oh. Sam, you're the director. Yeah. Here we go. Damn it. Yeah, you ready? And action. Hit it. So this is the time of the show where we hit some questions. Do we want to start with some Instagram questions or do we want to start with some of our own questions? Pepper them in. All right. We'll call that doesn't tell you what to start with. Yeah. <laughs> start with. You a, just left that decision to me. Start with a great Instagram question. <laughs> I see your tricks. All right. So I'm going to start off with. Hmm. If there are no great questions. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so we, put up, we put together some questions of our own. I'm going to start with one of those this okay. week. Okay. All right. If you could change one thing in Extraction 2, what would it be? Um, change one thing in Extraction 2. That'd be hard to get it down to one thing. But in, for me, in the, in the Warner, there's the it's broken into three sections. You've got the prison escape portion, the car chase portion, and the train portion. Um, there's, there's a couple things. You said one thing. All right, fine. In, no, in, you can, take, you can you change say a couple. Yeah. In, the, in the prison escape, if I could do it again, I, I would do a better job. I, I came after the fact, after we shot it, and I was sitting there in you know, editorial. I came up with a way to better tell the story of how the prisoners escape and kind of overrun the prison. 
which is hard to do in a one right? Because you, you know, you're kind of with a certain point of view and it's, you can't leave it because then you lose the one So, and I'm going to tell you what it would have been. I would have had them avoid, like, run to a place where they were blocked, their way was blocked by a bunch of, you know, prisoners or guards. They duck into a room, lock the door because it's going crazy. Then they look back and there's a guard. They have a moment. You know, Rake's like, are you going to go for that gun? Not saying it, but they had that mm-hmm. moment. And he's like, well, he just turns around and hi- hides head down under the desk. In that room, we see security monitors. And yes. so you would see people getting out and getting away. And so that's one of those things where it's really tough as a director because in the moment, what, and you know, I'm proud of what's there because at the moment, that was the best that I had. Those, those ideas, that was what I had. And there you go. However, very quickly afterwards, you get better ideas. And you're like, oh, man, I would love to implement these new things in the movie. But by that point, the ship is sailed and the movie's out and there you go. That's a great answer. And yeah, I mean, I think that scene was perfect as is. I get your point because probably there's some part as a storyteller that you want to tie up the loose end. Um, but I think it's I think it was perfect as is. Um, well, I appreciate that. That's just, you know, I'm always, there's a really, that's a challenge for me is trying to find something I've been working on is where the, the line between, you know, perfectionism and in good enough like where is that line it's a very thin one to walk because i'm always trying to push myself to be better personally you know professionally whatever that is and sometimes you can push too far you're like oh man i've 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 bent it other times you just have to realize at that moment what i gave was the best i had and that's okay that now you know maybe five seconds later I have a better idea or, you know, I could have handled that situation better. But at that time, that was the best I had. And kind of just being, having a little bit of self-compassion for yourself, which I guess that's what self-compassion is. Compassion for yourself. <laughs> Otherwise, known as self-compassion, that's enough. But forget forgiveness so that you can move past that. And, and, you know, just move forward with your life. Because otherwise, I, I'm personally, I can just ruminate and be like, oh, man, I could have done this better. I should have done this. I should have done that. And then if you find yourself in that cycle, I mean, it, there's no way out of it, man. You got to, it's, it's a dark, dark road. No, and it's not worth it. And um, you also have, you know, the way I would look at it and all the things that we've done is whenever there's an idea that comes to me after it's too late, I just, my solace is I can use that idea in the future exactly so you're going to have a moment in a movie that you're directing you know a year from now two years from now five years from now where you already have a a plan for how you show how the prisoners escape or whatever by using the security camera angle i think that's you know that's how you got to look at it these ideas don't they don't die in that moment they they just sit on you know in reserve for the next thing it's what john c maxwell would call failing forward love it i'm feeling so inspired right now i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a push-up tonight yeah (laughs) maybe hey start with one start with one day after maybe you know two just i love it i love it that's it so isaac would like to know who's the best movie villain of all time holy shiitake mushrooms (laughs) (laughs) uh interestingly two came to mind i mean i think you have to the classic is darth vader okay i think that he because of his full story you know, being one of the, the brightest, you know, lights of the force at one point, And then that turn to the dark side. But then coming back, and it's, it's a very, it's a great story, I think. It is. For, for any villain. So I'm not even going to say the second one. I'm going to leave it at Darth Vader. <laughs> That's a great call out. Yeah. 
I think the best villains are the ones who um, you have some compassion for, or, or at least some empathy for how they became the bad guy. When they're just pure evil for the sake of evil, you don't. They just. It doesn't. It has no emotional pull at all. Even like, for example, even in like the cheesy slasher movies, like Friday the Thirteenth, I think does a better job than like Halloween, for example. Like Halloween, you have no, there's no empathy for Mike Myers, really. No, Michael he was Myers. just a sociopath. Yeah, in Friday the Thirteenth, like the first one, it's like the mom who's whose son drowned because the teenagers were idiots and they weren't watching their, her daughter yeah, and her also son. You, you hate the teenagers so you don't mind yeah, seeing them yeah. get smacked off trees and sleeping bags and then the second one when it is jason Voorhees, he's you know resurrected from dead he's mad that all these people made him die so you have a little bit more compassion halloween Ma- as made, much as halloween made him die is my favorite made sentence. him die not killed him <laughs> he murdered made him, die. him i'm gonna make you die <laughs> i'm gonna make you die uh <laughs> Uh, this morning there was a make you die in the Bronx as a, a gang a gang war erupted at a bodega. Um, we just renamed murder. I'm, I feel good about that. Um, but yeah, no, I think that Darth Vader is a good choice. Well, are, can, other people can answer, can't they? Or is that just for me? No, yeah, I was going to say, are we allowed to answer questions? Oh, you can, of course. Can I go back to what I changed in extraction too? No. Nope. Yes. Well, I can't. I no, would. Because you didn't to, write it. I would love to hear it. No, but I would just say if I could if I could change a part of extraction to love it. Of course I'd, I'd you can, it. dude. I'd want Eric to play <laughs> <laughs> like the big goon. Like there's one scene where there's like a big dude and he's like he's it's in like that that big glass building and he's got like this weird arm armor. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a shield on his shoulder. Yep. And he's like a big overweight like heavy guy. And everyone else is like skinnier goons and he's like a big goon he's like the big boss in like a zombie video game when like they're all little skinny zombies and there's a big fat zombie uh, not that you're fat no no it's you're fine. perfect the way you are <laughs> but you should have played that guy i think your stage your your stage your film screen presence, screen presence there you go you would have popped off the screen i don't disagree that you have a great presence that the the credentials that this fella brought is he's the georgian hercules and he is the world champion arm wrestle arm wrestler that's amazing wow. he, he beat the the u.s champion this year to to reign supreme as the best oh. arm wrestler it's time to get planet. my lincoln hawk on and take that title yeah, you better start you work with, but eric, but is he uh he won't hold the candle to your special talent which is eric could drink a pint of beer faster than i've ever seen another human <laughs> ever like literally opens and it's gone instant so we're gonna have to go. see that we're gonna feature that on the next podcast <laughs> yeah. wait a second <laughs> wrong talent okay so that's yeah that's the only i like it if that's the good. only thing i would change i appreciate, to put you. Eric I appreciate you for that yeah, i appreciate you for everything but like that too i appreciate you i would change two things if i could okay. uh, number one more grave digger Oh, yes. oh, yeah. All right, oh all right. yeah. All right. Number two, that uh, the slap fight at the beginning of the movie could have gone way longer. Maybe like 40 minutes. <laughs> I love that. Now, stuff, there is man. a place for these two to be slap fighting. Come yes. On. We're yes. going to do it again. I agree. Slap yes. fighting. Yes. I'm, I'm obsessed with that. Yes. I love it. So good. Oh, I love it. Man. Sport, though? Like televised sport? Uh, there is like a. Question mark? There's like a YouTube show where they do that, and there's this one guy who comments on it, but he has nothing to do with it. He's just. His, doing his own commentary and there's this one guy that he loves and i can't remember his name but it's something silly it's like cupcake or something gigantic russian dude who just slaps people silly and I his commentary it. on it is fantastic we'll have to check that out yeah, yeah. He's, he's super good that should have been your echo yeah <laughs> yeah if i can remember his name you know 
My reco is to have Jones slap me. That's my oh. reco. I definitely I would do that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, for I would not slap you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, if your life had entrance music whenever you entered a room, what would it be? <laughs> That's a good question. And this may be just because I... <laughs> have a, a young daughter and I'm trying to instill positive uh, virtues in her but there is a on the Insight Timer app there is a guy named Bob Baker and he has a song uh, that goes kind of like this it's, I am capable I am powerful I am wonderful I am strong and so if I could have that play every time I entered a room that would be amazing I think that'd be amazing Bob Baker, check him out on Insight Timer. He's got a very a lot of inspirational content, but it's a bit repetitive. It's those words for seven minutes, but you know it's it's a really it's fun seven song. seven minutes of bliss. Though. I want to cut that audio and make it my ringtone. Were you going to say that? <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, like my ADHD yeah. thing was coming. I was like, oh, I want to say something. Oh my God. We can we are we allowed to cut that and turn it into a production piece for you the show? Sure can. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. See, my song is also a baker. It's Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. I don't know what that is, but oh, you you do, do you absolutely do. I'll play it on the ride home. Can you also sing it? I I can do the saxophone part. You absolutely you know it. I saw your face. Oh, oh, isn't that it's like like swanky? Isn't that kind of like whenever you walk into like <laughs> yes, a dude. like a, a swanky like rundown club in the seventies? Yeah, I've known yes. you for thirty plus years, and that's the first two times I've ever heard you say the word swanky. And I said it twice in one sentence. One sentence. <laughs> it's a lot of swank in my swanky swanky <laughs> sentence. <laughs> You're gonna have to use that on the show as well. Yes. <laughs> Swanky. <laughs> oh, man. What would yours, yours be? Oh, I think we established this as another point. It would be Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Oh, that's a good one. Always. Every, Always and forever. Everyone should already know mine. It's Aini Kamozi. Here comes a hot step. 100%. That's you. I think of nothing else when you enter a place. Yeah. Done. I, I like my reggae. Okay. All right. Um, there's some weird questions that we got in here. Okay. <laughs> Go weird. Give us a weird one. Okay. If you could, who, I don't know who this was from, but if you could shrink a wild animal down to pet size and make it your pet, what animal are you choosing? I have no idea who wrote that question. That was you, you weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> so you could take any wild animal and shrink it down to pet size or, or make it bigger. Why does it have to shrink? What if you can make it bigger? I was thinking just like make it to domesticated like dog size so it's handleable. So between like like 15 and 75 pounds. Yeah, because you don't want like a, a real rhinoceros in your house. But if you have like a 30 pound rhinoceros, you can control it. Yeah, it's true. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought maybe how about a how about a hippopotamus that would be so much fun it would probably become the number one killer of man at the, because it's actually i think yeah kills it, more people in africa yeah. so imagine and I, I may have to take this back but imagine you had a pet-sized hippo everybody would want one because they're so cute you'd put them in jones's pool next thing you know everybody's dead yes i think that's a terrible <laughs> terrible, a terrible idea. idea but i, I kind of back i kind of want to see it except for as long as hey, jones is a movie there yeah <gasps> honey i shrunk the hippo in a world <laughs> 
No, I, yeah, hippos are the most dangerous animals. They kill so many so people. So territorial. I think yeah. that's the thing. I mean, it's not that they're, they're aggressively territorial. Not that they're, you know, looking to for yeah. blood, but so, they're just like... So here's where this question yeah. came from, right? I was remembering this commercial from our younger days where there's like a Russian guy. This guy's played like a Russian villain in movies, and I forget his name, but he's sitting on the couch, and like he wins the lotto or something, and he buys a mini giraffe. Do you remember this commercial? I do. And, and I know he's like acting. sitting in his like rich person living room and he just has a giraffe like on his lap, like this little adorable giraffe. And people, it was so good CGI for the time that I remember like comments of people being like, oh my God, how do I get that? And people are like, you idiot, it's not real. But, maybe but I always is. thought like if that could be real, how imagine how pimp you are walking a mini giraffe down the street. That would that's be. like hip high on you. That I, <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what I would do. I think I would go the opposite. I wouldn't want to shrink a big animal. I'd want to enlarge a small animal like Ooh. an ant. I want like a, like a 30 pound ant. Oh, all right. Is oh, that weird? Yeah. Why? That's the complete opposite of swanky. <laughs> I don't want... <laughs> That thing would eat your whole house. Yeah, Tell dude. Well, now I just named my aunt Swanky. Ants? Swanky the ant. Oh. Ants can carry the most weight above their own, I believe, in the creature world. So if you so were to now, guard ant. if yeah. you were to now beef that bad boy up to thirty pounds, do you know what it could lift? The world. The world. Yeah. The world. Yes. That's yes. why I want it. It'd become like a real carpenter ant. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just put him to work. Yep. Oh, then he goes on strike. And then I have to pay him. Oh, it's a whole thing. Then he shows right. up with his ant buddies and you got a problem. Yeah, I want to change my answer. I changed my answer. I don't want an ant anymore. <laughs> next question. All right, next question. What do we got? From the from the from the gram from the fans from the Grizzam even if it's a bad one we'll just no let's uh, let's we got a bunch on here there are no bad questions you're a music you're a music guy so. so we got one from Rich it says what's the one band you haven't gotten to see live that you wish you could no limits on the answer it could be before you were around Guns and so. Roses yeah huh? you want prime Guns and Roses prime Guns and Roses yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. to see to see that show because I got I mean not saying it was like a bucket list but I got to see ACDC before uh, you know the passing of our, our amazing guitar player but I uh, Angus but I was in Bulgaria of all places doing a movie and got to go see ACDC in Bulgaria and it was a friggin riot Damn. Oh, so amazing. I mean imagining like you know uh, heyday Guns and Roses would be Time machine. Say, I've, sign me I've up. seen That's Guns N' Roses recently, oh, and they are really, shit. really good. Yeah, but recently? still not the same. Yeah. Well, didn't Joe Rogan just post something about like I think he went and saw them, and Axl Rose was like, "Hey, come, come see our show." And yeah, I just they're, saw doing, they're still they're still touring. His voice yeah. was okay because I remember like a no. few years back, it was brutal. I have seen Guns N' Roses three times over the last twenty five years, and Axl has sounded great every time. Wow. Really, I Every thought he, I thought that was the thing. That Me he can't too. Sing I thought anymore. that was the thing. I, I don't know if it doesn't like translate to like an Instagram video or whatever, but in the room, you're just like, that's pitch perfect. Wow, wow, and that's coming from like a hardcore musician right there. Yeah, yeah. I heard your voice, Gen Z. That's fantastic <laughs> intro. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that stuff, but that's uh, the last time I saw them was when Slash and Duff had come back into the band, and all of a sudden it's back. Like, wow. yeah, it's pretty awesome. I wow, say. that's cool. So maybe my chance isn't up, <laughs> yeah. and I still have an opportunity. It could happen. Nice. It could happen. Although I think seeing them 
like in their heyday is a different experience. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. It'd be, yeah. Seeing them at like the whiskey in like 1989. Did I get the year right? 89? Yeah, they would they would have played there in 89, I think. When did uh, Use Your Illusions come out? 91? 91. Yeah, so 89, 90 would be like a great time to see them. Like, that's right, like right. appetite. That's like yeah. on the rise. They're probably still passing out drunk on their front lawn of their house. Um, yeah, that's a good answer. What would you say? Guns N' Roses in 1989 at the Whiskey. With with all of us? Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll why, there. why am I going to be odd man out and go to a different concert? <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. I want to see Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Before everyone found out they were lip syncing. I want to be there the night the tape froze. <laughs> girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl, you know it's. Yeah, that would be good. that would be a good concert to see. It's funny that you're saying that exact club. Right, if you're in the dressing room of that club, there are photographs above each spot where you can sit of a famous person sitting in that spot. And oh, there's wow. a bunch of Guns N' Roses. Like there's a bunch where you're like, and especially like. In the club at the tables, there's pictures of the people at the tables. But in the dressing room, there's crazy stuff on the walls. Like there's like people sniffing drugs off of stuff, like naked chicks. It's wonderful. So like I was sitting under, I think I have a picture of myself under like the guys from Van Halen in a picture above me where they're all like just blowing rails. It's amazing. Love it. Although drugs are bad, kids. Yeah, yes. don't do drugs. Drugs no. are bad. Okay. 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 <laughs> so I, I think we should end it on on one question, and it's it's one I love asking people who are in the industry, right? Has there ever been a moment where you've been full on starstruck? Yes. I remember walking in, it was in Beverly Hills and I walked into, and I think I was just trying to get away. It was maybe I was um, shopping with an ex-girlfriend or something. Not ex at the time, obviously, but <laughs> a girlfriend that now an ex. And I walked into this corner and I saw a familiar shape and I kind of walked around and it was Johnny Knoxville was sitting in this store with his head in his hands, <laughs> elbows on his knees, must have had a really rough night or he was also shopping with him. Probably <laughs> ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I have that same look when I'm shopping with my wife. So. And I just, I just was, because I was so influenced by Jackass growing up and that actually ironically had a lot to do with my stunt career because my my buddies and i would would see those things and we'd go out and do these crazy little uh, you know sketches and, and record them and so we'd, it was very inspirational to us and so i just you know was uh, flabbergasted and i kind of walked up and just said uh, mr knoxville and he's like yeah <laughs> it's like i just have to say thank you because i think you kind of put me on the path like i'm a, I'm a working stunt man today and this was before directing I'm a working stunt man, and I I think you have had a lot to do with that. And I just want to say thank you. You know, it was just just hard to get it all out. And he was just like, "Well, that's just really nice of you to say. You know, have a, have a good one." He was super nice, super cool guy. But I remember just being awestruck by Johnny Knoxville here in Beverly Hills. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Have you ever been starstruck? Yep. Who? You were with me. Which one? Johnny Rockets, Calabasas, <gasps> Alyssa Milano, Alyssa Milano. I actually, I'm such that an would idiot. Do it. I'm such an idiot, Sam, that I actually thought she was checking me out because I didn't realize it was Alyssa Milano at first. <laughs> so, and hey, I, but who's to say she maybe wasn't in for some other reason? She's Italian. I'm Italian. You know, so she, maybe she thought she went to school with you. Yeah, she's like, oh, maybe that's my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk like we walk into Johnny Rockets and we were there with our girlfriends. We're on tour at the time with the band, and um, as as I'm walking 
towards the booth. She's walking past us and she's got sunglasses on and she like it didn't pop out right right away that it was Alyssa Milano. Like she's very short, um, unassuming, but still very good looking. So as she walks by, she looks at me and smiles and I smile back like, oh, ooh, hey, and like crap, my girlfriend's here. Yeah. And then um, then she like as she passes, I'm like, oh, and then it clicked that it was Alyssa Milano. I'm like, oh, she wasn't looking at me, like checking me out. Smile. It was like a yes, I'm Alyssa Milano smile. Like, yes, I am who you think I am smile. And then she like, sat oh. in the booth behind us with like her mom. Yeah. And the whole time we were just like eating our food, being like, <laughs> <laughs> did you go up and talk to her? No. No, we chickened out. We you know, that's such an interesting thing, right? Like, because I get that side of it, like, um, that you don't want to bother in it. People, I don't ever want to bother somebody. Like, I just, uh, I feel very weird. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good general, um, you know, to just not, because, you know, just because you think you know them from having seen them, you know, on screen or, you know, the, the persona online or wherever doesn't mean it gives you the right to just rock up and say, hey, you know, yeah, yeah I, I know you and I like you. If, it's, if it's like a, like, um, like a male celebrity or like an athlete or something that I'll pass, I always like give a head nod, like respect. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But like, like I acknowledge like that, I acknowledge you're, you're that you're incredible at what you do, but I'm not going to come be a random weirdo and make you talk to me right now. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. It's such a, it's such a, it's just, a, a interesting thing. Cause part of me saying with like, you know, meeting Johnny Knoxville, part of you wants to go, Oh, let him be. The other part is genuinely moved by like, if affected by what they've done, like for you and your, your, you had something to life. share with him that literally yeah. shaped your life. Yeah. So that, you know, I guess that's a different situ- uh, scenario, but like, yeah, having somebody that's just, you know, because they're, and I see it all the time, hanging out with, <laughs> hanging out with Chris Hemsworth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where people walk by and it's just, he, you know, he's like a, a light in a room and people just like moths. They just like come over to him and they yeah. can't, you know, he's like, Oh boy, can't even go. It must be so difficult to yeah. be a celebrity where you can't even, you know, go to dinner without a bunch of people. Hey yeah. Chris, can I have a picture? Especially when you're like, he's so big and like, so he's obvious. He's not unassuming. Yes, like, exactly. Not unassuming. He can't like in. sneak. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. hard it's to not blend. like, like Tony Danza could like walk down <laughs> Manhattan, the streets of Manhattan and people would be like, is that maybe? I don't know. I don't and then know. They just could walk be, right could by. be. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, like, holy crap, look at that. Like, look at that Norse yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was only starstruck once. Because I usually, I mean, even the Alyssa Milano, it wasn't so much starstruck more as but like. But she was always like my favorite thing. Like yeah. that was my, like at the time, my girlfriend, that was like, if I had a chance to hook up with a celebrity, she was mine and my girlfriend was okay with it. She actually said at the table that day we were eating, she's like, if you can do. Yeah. Get after it. But like, I couldn't even chew my pancakes. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, like John, at that moment at Johnny Rockets with Alyssa Milano, I wasn't, it wasn't starstruck. It was something different. It was more like maybe like embarrassed that I like kind of like looked at her with like like overconfidence while she walked by and just be like wow I'm such an idiot that I thought that she was checking me out and just like the awkwardness of her being so close but we couldn't really talk about the fact that she's right there and it was just more like awkward I was genuinely starstruck we played a show with Sebastian Bach the lead singer of Skid Row so his his band and they we opened for them and we did sound check with them. And it was actually the sound check with them that made me starstruck. Not just seeing him or talking to him. It was sound checking with him. Because if you, I don't know if, how much you know about Sebastian Bach and, and Skid Row, but like 
First of all, he's also like huge. He's like six foot five. He's taller than me. He's like six, noticeably six, tall. He's a couple, yeah. got a couple inches on me. Wow. He's got, at this time, he's got long, long, long blonde hair. He's wearing like black leather vest, black leather pants. And I just remember being like, I need the monitors louder. I want to give me the guitar. Yeah. And like everything he was saying was just so rock and roll. Like everything about him was just like, and then like I look at myself and I'm wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. And no, like, we had, look, I think we had cargo shorts. No, on. Yeah. We were looked yeah, so not rock and roll. We didn't, it was bad. we did not play the part well yet. And I'm just like <laughs> this, not rock star, that rock star. 100% you, rock star. And I was just complete. Yeah. We did, and we played well. It was, we did, it was we did. sold out, huge crowd. And he actually listened to our sound check. He was like sitting at the bar. Yeah, and he was like giving us like... That's oh, pretty it was, so it was like a really cool moment. But I was really starstruck for, by him. Just not, not because of... Not because he was a famous person. It was because of like his what he does. Totally. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like I was sure. starstruck by his talent, not by his celebrity status. The only thing I 100%. wish could have been different is that we did that show a few years later like when we were like a, when we were at like the point where we were like band legit a, yeah. we looked the part as well as sounding the part yeah because we did play the show really yes. well and got a great we just look great goofy. Pop from the crowd we just were not ready to be <laughs> rock stars yet yeah so that's an you, amazing story yeah. it was awesome yeah we did we we did we did some cool sh- yeah, actually i didn't want to talk about the band at all tonight because uh, like we talk oh, but about, why it's so amazing for the listeners because they talk about it a lot but the uh, one thing you were saying before and I, this is a huge callback to earlier in the show but i'd be remiss if i didn't bring it up you were talking about the whole tapping the source book and how like being on that wave and that feeling of like this is kind of like what life's all about i've experienced that only in one part of my life ever and that was being on the road on tour with the band and not like the shows, not the music, although that was awesome. It was the moments where I would be, we'd be on like a long drive and, and our, especially on our first tour where we didn't have a radio in our van, like the radio was busted and we had no AC. So we always had to have the windows open. So all it was, was just that like <sighs> sound in the van, but for like five hours straight of just, even if you talk to each other, you have to like kind of yell at each other. It's almost like when you're going skydiving, like the volume and the, yeah. And, um, I remember just like sitting in the bench, like drinking a beer. We drank a lot of beers in the van, in the van staring out the window of like the desert, like on the way to like a show in you know Arizona or in California, or whatever. And just being like, I can't believe that this is my life. Like I can't believe. And I would look around. I'd be like, This is my two brothers, my best friend, my other best friend, and we're all doing this crazy thing that everyone said we were crazy for even attempting to do and here we are touring the country and Doing i just it, yeah. and it's just this feeling of like i'm i am where i'm supposed to be yeah and like it can't get any in like and, it, and it's just everything's perfect and it had nothing to do with being famous no making money anything none of that it had nothing to do with that it was the actual act of just being on the road yeah and that's, i love that's what i always wanted and i realized in that moment that I almost chose music so that I could be on the road versus I, I wanted to play music and being on the road was part of it. Like being on the road was the thing I think I was always searching for. Yeah. I love that you bring up the sound like from the window being open because like I feel the same exact way you do about tour and the sound that I always remember is trying to go to sleep at night and the tires on pavement. Yeah. It's like 
such an unmistakable sound and i catch myself hearing it at like random times that, like ru- that hum yeah it's like a beautiful hum and you can't tell like a if certain it's, speed you can't tell if it's if it's road noise or tinnitus from yes having yeah. amplifiers in the, it's in the your truth ear all night yeah and and that feeling of like the simplicity of life like life on the road is like wake up you got to find a place to eat find a place to shower find a place to to hang out until load in at the next venue play your show do it again it's like life is super simple and you're with all your best friends and you do everything together and i'm a social creature so i love being around people all the time so there's yeah. a microcosm of that in you know it's not so uh, every night traveling but in you know for film for, you travel for film and it's it's like an escape from reality because you don't you're not necessarily focused on paying the bills mm-hmm. walking the dog you know taking care of all the the day-to-day things that kind of steal moments of your life so to speak yeah and when you're out there completely focused on whatever it is that you're passionate about doing and you're on the road and that's your focus it is a pretty ex- you know, cool space to exist yes and it's and you only really realize it when you kind of come back from the road how much yeah. you like kind of being on the road you know what I mean? oh, it's yeah. like this juxtaposition it's wild because it's not that you don't like being home like i love being home with family and when you're out there focused on i don't know if it's a a man thing or being on yeah. the hunt you know what i mean like out there searching and, and and conquering and doing or if it's just a human thing you're out with your the people that you're your tribe existing yeah. but either one of those could be valid but i think there's something really magical about being out on the road I think couldn't say it better. Yeah, I, I I remember the feeling, the first day or first couple of days home from every tour we went on. I would go into like a legitimate funk. We hated it. We like, also would just stay together all day. We had one time even home, like we just couldn't be home, like we couldn't be alone, like in our separate places. Yeah, and we were probably too young to like talk about our feelings. Like, yeah, we know we didn't. We never but, did. But, but it was more like. So I remember one time very specifically that. One of the tours, we came home. Oh, it was the one when we had to drive all the way back from LA, like straight, because like our van broke down and we like had and to. And it was we, amazing. We had to cancel a bunch of shows, so we just had to just go straight from LA back to New York, like no no shows in between. And after that three day drive, we did it in like two or three days. Um, I remember getting home, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning. It was like a sunny day. And I walk past, my dad was watering the cement, as Italian men do. And as he's watering the cement, with smoking a cigarette, not ashing it, though, because, you know, why ash it when you could just let it linger on your cigarette? Um, go into my room. I lay down. I haven't slept a real night's sleep in three days. I lay there, wide awake, for about an hour, hour and a half. I just pick up my phone. I call Eric. I'm like, what are you up to? He's like... Uh, nothing. What are you up to? I'm like, let's go do something. And he came over and picked me back up. Like literally an hour and a half later, we went out and we went to visit our friends who were at, uh, in school at college. And like, we went and hung out with them. They worked at a computer lab yeah. and we ended up going there because we just didn't want to be alone. Yeah. When you're with people 24 seven and you're doing this thing together and it's like, you're like, you're like bonded together from this like singular purpose. And then you, after all this time being with them, you take that away and you're just by yourself. The silence of being alone is, is crushing. And I just did not want to be alone. I just remember sitting in my room just feeling so alone. I was like, I, this is not good. Uh, but then you eventually readjust. But 
anyway I, I can imagine when you're doing a movie and you're out and you're filming and everybody's got a singular purpose and then like when you're not filming you guys probably go out to eat together or go to a bar together and everybody's hanging out together it's like it's like a, it's like being away at like summer camp but you have this like super singular focus that bonds you all together yeah and the wild thing about the film side of it is you know with with the band touring and i'm assuming you kind of keep the same group together for you know tour after tour after tour the crazy thing often about filmmaking is you you get a whole new band together every movie now sometimes you'll keep close people and you want to reuse them obviously because you know how each other works and you love working together but oftentimes you can't keep the entire crew together so you'll go and you'll become a family within you know five six months close spending you know 12 14 hours together every day and then movie's over and boom the band breaks up and you got to like get a new band together so there's kind of a it's a very i don't know if it's a healthy thing but you can bond really quickly with people and then when the bond dissolves, like it doesn't dissolve, it just gets severed and everyone kind of goes their separate ways because, you know, they got a new show and new, new uh, things are back with family and you're on to the next thing. It's, it, it's like a weird thing to get used to. And I don't know if it's healthy, but you get used to traveling and making these fast friends that you spend so much time with. And then it goes away and you're like, oh, where's my next family? Yeah, that is a weird, surreal thing. And, you know, I, we, I think we've, we've experienced that in, in all in, 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 lots of aspects of our life and the film world it's probably so much more exaggerated you know so much more pronounced in the in the fact that like you may work with these people once and then never see them again except for maybe in passing you know just randomly but i don't think that discounts or disvalidates the the bond that experience in that moment Not at all. you know no, it, does, it doesn't at all if no, anything it's real it's it's a real thing and yes time may go by many years go by but it's crazy when you see someone yeah. after you know 15 20 years it's almost immediate because you can't yeah there's like a an exchange of energy that's like at this molecular level because you spent so much time so many intense moments with these people you can't completely untangle from that which is why it's very important to choose you know your friends wisely the people that you work with and it is very true that you you really want to just and i for the longest time have had like a no a hole policy when you're working is like i it's quality of life at a certain point trumps the you know quality of the product for me yes you want to have great product but it's so important you spend so much time with this group this crew they have to be good people absolutely um because honestly at the end of the day like good movie bad movie like whatever the that's your life you know those moments your life and if they're not enjoyable like it doesn't matter what the end product is if you were miserable doing it yeah and um so if you could find a way to make a great product and do it with great people and have fun doing it. Hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's why I love this podcast with you two gentlemen. And now you, Sam. You're on every episode going forward. <laughs> yeah, so. Sam, you have a new Congrats. job now. I love it. You just quit that whole directing thing. It's not going to work out. You're just going to be No, we're just going to, we're just going to try. We're going to be your, the group that travels with you to all your things and just keep doing the podcast. And then we could be on the road. Yeah, that's what I'm we saying. We could be on the road again. The we'll just follow you. All we'll the world. Everybody hits, everybody wins. You know so what I mean? when you do, when I dig it. When the strikes are over and production starts for um, your new Apple TV show, are we allowed to say the name of it? Sure, yeah, it's The Last Frontier. Which I'm so excited for. Me too. Uh, he, Sam gave me a, a little. Um, um, what's the word sneak preview on what it's going to be about and I, I started googling and finding out 
It's going to be really good. Can't wait. It's going to be really good. Guys, start Googling Last Frontier. Start getting warmed up because it's going to be great. But when you're out there filming, I think that these three jabronis over here, we should come up and do another show on set with 100%. It'll yes. Be on the road. Yes. Featurette. Yes. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And then we get the inside scoop in the moment while you're in that that phase right because it's life yes. it, it's a life of yes. phases right like 100%. it's like two different lives you and we'll be plugged back into the phase two just from being in the car together being on the road and again. literally driving there and you have to do it on the road episode 100 <gasps> percent. yeah on the road <laughs> yes we could totally do that we, we get, can absolutely can we could get these we could have a mobile setup mm-hmm. we don't oh, need yeah. this whole mixing board we could use the yeah. uh, imagine yes. all the memories that'll come back while you're driving like I imagine know. that that would be magic and we unfortunately never got to tour with, with jones. jones he was touring with different bands oh Jonesy. um and it's kind of crazy because a lot of the things that you guys are saying held true for us too slightly different experiences like we had an rv for most of our tours so it was like excuse me it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> all it was cracked up to be we used to have this game where we would uh the bathroom door faced the front of the truck so if you jammed on the brakes real hard, anybody in that bathroom would fly out of it. And uh, that wasn't always the best thing. I think that's the best thing by far, actually. Well, this, is, um, this has been amazing, and I would love to keep you for five more hours, to be honest, but I want to be respectful to your, yes. your time. I know you got a flight tomorrow. Appreciate that. So um, just want to thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, this has been wonderful, man. Thanks for having me. The, the, the atmosphere, like you, like you say, it's a, this is a, it's a family-type atmosphere. I feel like one of the guys, and I appreciate that. It's a really fun environment. You fit right in, man. It's been perfect. And, you know, we didn't want to do, like, I'm sure you get all the regular interview questions, so we wanted to make sure we just stay true to, to, to our style and just have you one of the guys. So Well, hopefully I stayed true to your style and didn't, like... Uh, you wax. absolutely did, my friend. Okay, great. Phew! <laughs> Nailed it. Can, can I ask you guys a question? Easy. Yeah. Are we doing a deep dive episode this week? Yeah, and he's yeah, about Sam's to, gonna he's tell, about us to tell us what we're going to watch. No, not this week. Not this week? I think we're going to do one next week. Next can, week we're doing it, but Sam's going to pick it for us. Maybe yeah. off air because he's got to think about it, maybe. So. Can I do uh, a short... Instead of the deep dive, can I do my starstruck story? As because, a deep dive? Because it's going to be so good but so long that I probably need to tell it separately. I think you, se- uh, you do, we do it next episode. That'll be our starter. Yeah. That'll okay. be our warm-up. Yeah. Now, Very good. That's a good teaser. Wow. 100%. Now, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled and excited to hear this. <laughs> you need a good cliffhanger, man. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody, any of it except for that the guy that I'm starstruck by tells me his starstruck story oh so it's oh. It's, it's a story within a story yeah it's some inception it's, it's, stuff over it's here. pretty incredible was it written by uh christopher nolan by any chance <laughs> <laughs> some okay. super famous guy spins a top and like i can't believe it is it real what is it not real well all right well well I'm very excited to hear it okay i can give you my deep dive if you want yeah oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah we don't want to put you on the spot no, rambo first blood part two because that movie was so influential in my my life at a time when it was like, i yeah. had a feeling you were going to drop yeah. that because you really really <laughs> got the posters hit over there. Hard, but you hit hard on bringing it up earlier yeah it, it just it, it really like it hit, i mean i would wander around in the woods with my bow and arrow and headband and like you know i'm doing push-up after push-up trying to look like sylvester stallone in that movie it was so it. influential so deep dive 
Rambo First Blood Part 2 when he goes to Vietnam. Yep, and this will be our first action movie that we've done. Yes, first action. Ooh, this is perfect. We've done horror. We've done comedy. And now action. And the cool thing about it is that one influential in my li- my life, but also there you could you'll be able to see the parallels to Tyler Rake and the Extraction Universe. It's very you know they're very similar in their essence. I think fired up. I'm, I'm so super fired, fired up. up. Oh, it's such a good one. All right, perfect. Well, um, thank right. you, Sam. Thank you so much thank for you. doing thank this. You so much. It was a pleasure. and welcoming us into your house. Thanks for coming, making it super simple on me. Just drop down in the basement and have fun with the guys and some beers. It's amazing. Yeah, thanks for the beers and the snacks. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they were delicious. Thank my wife. She's the thoughtful one. So thank you, Rachel, for thinking of all of so us. So we're going to be talking to Rachel. Yes. Next yes. week. On the next episode. Uh, so Rachel's going to have to endure your story, Jones. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you set her up a little for the for the audience so they know yeah. what they're getting into next episode? Yeah. So next week uh, we have just this one two punch of amazingness. Um, Rachel McDermott will be on the show, uh, also uh, married to the lovely Sam Hargrave. Rachel is a an actress, model, stunt performer. She's she's a triple threat quadruple threat and she's also an awesome mother very new mother to baby ronin and um who is adorable by the way thank you and uh yeah we're gonna have her on and we're we're gonna get a real inside scoop on what it's like to be a stunt performer and all that goes into it you know we just watch these movies and we watch all these action scenes and we just take it for granted a lot uh but really getting a behind the scenes you know peek behind the curtain of how it all goes down i think it's going to be a really great great episode i'm so excited for for i was so excited for both of these and now the way this went tonight i'm even more excited for next week and uh be prepared to get uh, a lot of laughs because rachel will make fun of me most of the show as as she always has done for the last 20 years so (laughs) (laughs) that'll happen so excited (laughs) well so yes until uh next week thank you all as always for listening uh sending us questions whatever we didn't get to tonight we will throw at rachel next week um so we love you guys and until next week bye peace ciao